0: Welcome to GWC podcast number 333. Today is July 21st, 2012. In this podcast, we take you to a recorded live segment from the GWC meetup at San Diego Comic-Con 2012 and discuss the con. But first, your host... Three unrepentant sci-fi geeks. I'm Chuck Cage. And one day you end up a big evil, you know, crap act. And with me, Audra
1: Hesmane.
0: If, if I had a nickel for every time
2: I got boned at the eye of
3: Jupiter, yeah. And Sean O'Hara. <laughs> I shall
0: fart. <laughs> Our mission? Enjoy new science fiction, fantasy, and other cool stuff every week and share the experience with you. Oh yeah, and have some fun in the process. GWC is brought to you largely by the generosity of listeners like you. It's your donations that keep us going. For more information on how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash support. And the fine folks at audible.com. Visit www.audiblepodcast.com slash watercooler for your free audiobook. Of course, we'd love to hear your opinions too, so if you have something to say or, hey, you could introduce us to something new, don't just tower at your mp3 player give us a call at 214-296-9229 that's 214-296-9229 extension 701 and leave us a voicemail for inclusion in the future show better yet you can join the gwc community a group widely recognized as the friendliest people in sci-fi and watching reading and enjoying all kinds of cool stuff 24 7 over on galacticwatercooler.com our website blog and forum GWC is a spoiler-free podcast, and we define spoilers as definitive information regarding material not yet released in the United States or its country of origin. In short, if it's out, it's fair game. Welcome back, everybody.
1: Wazzup!
0: Freshly returned. Indeed. The two of you are. Hey, I just wanted to say thanks to everybody. I actually got some nice notes from people about uh, the last two podcasts we did. Oh, the cool. ones we pre-recorded, and you know, we we, ended we up, got nice notes. Yeah, I know. I was blown away. We never yeah. get nice emails. I know. I know. It's <laughs> it's really weird. Uh, we did get the normal, not nice that we always get, but uh, but there were a couple of like specific to that. Uh, you know, we had done that different format just because we it was kind of forced on us. But yeah, yeah. But uh, people, I think some people enjoyed the switch up, and that was it was really nice of them to say so. It made me feel good. Thanks you know? for not
2: bitching about us talking about cars, <laughs>
1: <psh>. <laughs> or me talking about my my little <laughs> or strawberry shortcake doll.
2: Shannon loved that. Oh, cool! <laughs> I said, "Hey, you're gonna to want to see this." I don't listen to podcasts. I'm especially don't listen to your podcast. <laughs> yeah. I don't listen to you drone on about all your crap anyway i'm like i know but you're gonna to want to hear this and i played her the strawberry shortcake thing or you oh, know she's nice. like,
3: oh,
2: I'm strawberry shortcake. I'm like i know she actually makes squeak watch the cartoon
1: oh.
3: squeak
2: has no interest in strawberry shortcake shannon has interest in strawberry shortcake. i picked
1: up a strawberry shortcake comic book at uh, at the con and i i met the woman who illustrates the current strawberry shortcake book she's this uh, freaking awesome british woman yeah she was awesome And I talked to her for a couple minutes and I asked her if she remembered that doll and she remembered a version of it. And, uh, it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I
0: actually bought for, uh, one of our friend's daughters, bought a, uh, uh, us, the first issue of the newest, the number one issue of like the newest, uh, redo of strawberry shortcake. You know, the Shannon er, or squeak has no interest
2: in the doll. But they have a three D a Disney, I guess or maybe it's Nick Jr., I don't remember, but uh-huh. a three D cartoon of strawberry shortcake. Not like the old oh, ones. Oh yeah. But they have a three D one. Squeak likes that one. Okay. But if you get her a strawberry shortcake doll she not interesting. She's yeah. no because she has so many other dolls that are so cool and of course nothing meets Violet or Minnie Mouse. <laughs> I mean but yeah, she they have a lot of strawberry shortcake now. Nice. It's a Franchise. I mean, a I'll big have one. to keep
1: that in mind. You know, I would have gotten her a comic book, but I just didn't think that she's quite old she, enough to uh, to like I don't enjoy think it. it would have worked, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: she's pretty tough on books. I mean, her there's only like three books that have have survived. There's Olivia, the one that Donny Z gave. Oh yeah, uh, her awesome. uh, which she loves Olivia. She worships Olivia. Uh, so that is in a place of reverence.
3: <laughs>
2: um, and then she has like the the other board books, and so I think there's like a couple. But the board books are really what we right. get in the car, and she'll tell you all about them and everything. So they're in a significant state of dilapidation at all times, as it should be. Yeah, they're they're out.
1: meant to be chewed on and yeah, have drinks mean, and spilled on them and stuff. Yes. She
2: uses <laughs> them as like you know forts for her toys, sleds. And are, right? sleds. I mean, it's just <laughs> oh, any, yes. any. I mean, they're an all-purpose tool. It's what they're for. Yeah. So yeah, the the comic books are probably a little delicate for her at the moment. That and she loves the color
0: on
1: mm-hmm.
2: anything.
1: <laughs> we'll give it a couple years and then start yeah, giving it her some of
0: It was fun though cuz the creator when Audrey was talking to her I remember that she said uh they they specifically she's like I want to draw the old one and they're like you can't no, do that. You specifically <laughs> you've got to recreate her and she's like okay.
2: Mm. <laughs> well that's boring. <laughs> I wanted to draw the cool stuff I grew up with. That's I know cool. how to she's draw that. This, yes. She's got
1: this little dog sidekick that looks really mm-hmm. cool.
2: Yeah, and then the one Squeak watches has had is Berrykins in there, which yeah. are basically like little fruit. Or, or something themselves <laughs> sentient
1: fruit <laughs>
2: Yeah, it, i think i've got
1: some of that in my crisper <laughs>
2: <laughs> so she she likes those and everything but uh yeah uh, shannon listened to it she thought it was very good but yeah well, i've actually had a couple of people tell me that that yeah, uh it was nice it they like the us deviating from the path uh but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun
0: yeah, and it worked out really well. Well, I, I appreciate that. And we got a lot more to talk about about the con, but would do you say we jump right into some...
3: NEWS! And now... Uh, Galactic Cooler News, updates, upcoming stuff in general, and anything else we care to talk about during this segment! Ooh.
1: Just open my folio
3: here. We're grab- <laughs> yeah, to whip this out. Actually,
1: no. what what I was doing, I, I took a lot more notes than I needed for this because I was looking uh, at the Emmy nominations that were just released a couple days ago on uh, July nineteenth. Uh, the awards will be on September twenty third, and what I was doing was just making notes of the kind of shows and people that I think GW Sears would want to hear about. You know, yeah. so it looks like the big uh, the big Emmy buzz is about uh, Game of Thrones and Downton cool Abbey's doing well. Yeah, I mean, up for Best Drama Series. Mad Men
2: was doing pretty well. Yeah, Mad Men is up
1: for Best Drama Series, Game of Thrones, Downton Abbey, Breaking Bad. Uh, for comedy series, Big Bang Theory is mm-hmm. up, and 30 Rock. Um, actors, Jim Parsons, uh, Amy Poehler is up. Mia Bialik for her role is Amy Farrah Fowler.
2: Damn right. I love that.
1: I know. I'm so glad she got recognized, uh, at least nominated, um, the Sherlock, a scandal in Belgravia, which is the one with uh, Irene Adler. Oh yeah, um, that was nominated for best miniseries. Benedict Cumberbatch for uh, lead actor in a miniseries. Martin Freeman as supporting actor. <laughs> Stephen Moffat for writing, and the people who wrote the music for it are oh, nominated. So a scant yes.
2: delivery with the Sherlock. Right, yeah. I know. I, can I
1: see know all
0: of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I can see every bit of that.
1: Mythbusters is up for reality program.
0: Awesome, Futurama, by
1: the way. Futurama is up for animated program. And Maurice LaMarche is up for voiceover actor. Hell yes. And uh, and Robot Chicken is up for short form animated.
0: Got some more well to Well-deserved. Yeah.
2: Well-deserved yeah. on the Robot Chicken. But we, you probably have some stuff do. to talk We do. That was that one of the panels
0: we caught at, at nice. in San Diego. So, oh man, totally. And, and uh, I can totally see all that for Sherlock. Great to hear... It's great that there's so much good TV on. There is, yeah. Uh,
2: I do have. Uh, of course, you guys probably heard about the whole Viacom Direct TV thing. No, tell me about it. Uh, Viacom decided that they wanted to charge, uh, I think, like thirty percent more for all their channels. Uh, then Direct TV said, "No, your listeners or your your viewership is down. Uh, we're not paying." 30 oh, percent. Yeah, I saw that. something
1: on Twitter about and,
2: that, and uh, I think a week or two ago, they Direct TV said, "Fine, screw it. You want to." Jack, with us, we'll pull your channels, and they did.
1: So, what does that mean effectively? Like, are, uh, are there... for the last
2: couple of weeks, we've had uh, no Comedy Central on DirecTV. Whoa, no Nick Jr. No, I mean, there's there's a list. And Adult of like... Swim
1: is Comedy Central too, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So, no Daily Show, no Colbert, no Robot Chicken, none of it. No Futurama.
0: No Futurama. Honestly, the thing is, though, that's the only one that I think hurts. That's the well. We noticed Nick Jr. in Comedy Central, right? Bad. I would I
2: didn't think about Nick Jr., but yeah, bad. Uh, so that was that was a problem, um, and it might have been Nickelodeon too. But we we don't watch Nickelodeon. We right. watch Nick Jr. Right. Uh, well, Squeak watches Nick Jr. and sure. we follow along yeah, in your house. You, but yeah. yeah, so there yeah. were like 17 channels. Uh, Viacom said That's like it, 32 really? because they're counting the HD channels as different channels, and oh, yeah, Directv right, right, doesn't because right. it's BS because uh-huh. uh, it really is. And uh, so they said, fine, we're not paying you for that. And then Viacom kept trying to stick them. And Viacom saying, oh, DirecTV is being unreasonable. They don't want to pay us for our content and, and everything. And it's funny because Directv's had a web page out the entire time over, look, we offered them this. They said, no, they want an extra billion dollars. We said, we're not doing that. And, you know, just the blow by blow Yeah, the entire Smart. time. Which is smart. They're like, look, we are going to yeah, be as transparent good. as we can. Yeah. We are not Hell trying yeah. to screw you. We we just wouldn't accept this deal. And they tried to muscle us, and they're trying to, to, to tack our customer base to get you guys to switch to be enough pain. Uh, and Viacom is like saying a whole bunch of crap that, if you look it up, is not really true. Is uh, it still out? Uh, it is still out, but uh, apparently Viacom caved. Oh, good. And... DirecTV look, we're just not doing that. And I think about two days ago uh, at the recording of this cast, uh, they had come to a deal and that they were going to be turning the channels back on very shortly. So it was about a week and a half, two weeks that Viacom was just sure DirecTV was going to cave and everybody's going to take this. And I think, honestly, this is kind of a victory for people like us a little bit. I mean, yes, it was crappy that we've been out. I missed two episodes of Futurama, and that really pissed me off. Uh, Squeak's been very unhappy. Thankfully, Netflix and all the children's programming on Netflix, which if you've got Netflix Instant Watch and you got a little kid, uh, people say Netflix Instant Watch sucks for current content. Not true if you're doing children's stuff. Good, lots and Good lots of it. So uh, we've been making do with that. But uh, they've—I think it's been—I've been following it pretty closely because I, I was furious. Um, It—they didn't get completely bullied by, because Viacom is famous for doing this. I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever read about any of the dealings with them or any of their content distribution uh, contracts. It's insane.
0: Well, didn't uh, this happen with G4 and, uh, crap, who is it? it? wasn't, was it DirecTV? It was, it was I thought it was the, someone else. It was, it was one of the service providers. It was Dish or yeah. it was somebody, but they had a thing where... Uh, they had wanted more, and they said, not really, and uh, they cut it. And some people kind of thought, well, that sucks, but life moved on.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's you know? it's good for the the media companies to understand that they can't just write their own ticket anymore. They're going to have to interact with this process.
0: And for what it's worth, I, I think that this isn't something that's always going to go one way. There needs to be a balance and I'm betting both sides are going to push hard and some people are going to win some, but I'm glad it's working out and it's working out relatively quickly. That's the part that sucks if it didn't. Right.
2: Yeah. And the thing is, you know, you don't realize Viacom doesn't have all the cards because as long as this contract is running out, they're not getting paid for any. And DirecTV is the largest satellite provider. I'm not surprised. In the country. So you're talking, I think 250 million subscribers uh and you get your chunk of that that's money you Wait, are Wait, are you serious? Yeah.
1: 250 million subscribers? Yeah. Aren't there only
0: 500 can- something million in the country?
1: No, not even that much. It's like 380 no, million or something.
2: A lot of them have Well, I think it's more than that, but they're I think they're counting North America. So oh, I think okay. they're counting okay. some of the Canada stuff too. Um and uh well, I, I know they are. Uh, so in multiple, and you're talking, you may have it at home, but you also have it with businesses. Uh, some have more than one receiver and that's more than one customer. Uh, so that kind of stuff can play in too. but, uh, and Chuck's fiercely yeah. looking up. three
0: hundred and eleven and a half million
2: yeah. is the population yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. So, uh,
2: so th- like I think it's us and Canada, they have 250 million subscribers.
0: That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah.
2: Uh, that yeah. doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, plus businesses have the, the same kind of deal and, and there's other, there's other ways they, they kind of pad that number a little bit, but sure. a significant customer base Yeah, and you're not getting any of that cash as long as they're not providing your channels. So, uh, there are other people who have leverage other than the, the media owner. You still need a way to distribute.
0: Well, clearly both sides have part of the equation.
2: Absolutely. And I love the fact that it takes all of it to make it go and you need to provide that at a reasonable rate and all that kind of stuff. Now, is it going to come back and jack our rates up? Eh, maybe, maybe not, but it definitely isn't going to be the as bad as it was. So that's a good thing.
1: You know, you were talking about uh, kids programming and I just wanted to say you had said uh, before that Squeak was watching and that you were watching with her the uh, My Little Pony mm-hmm. animated series. And, uh, when we were in San Diego, the, uh, the footprint of my little pony has gotten much, much bigger and you can see it. Yeah. They had booths and they had, you know, the, my little pony comics and the, you know, stuff advertised for the show, people talking about it. Um, you know, we, we talked to Don AZ's oldest son, uh, Connor AZ, and that was fun. And he's like, yeah, I'm a brony man. And he, and he was talking about the animated show and how funny it was and, I was like, "Wow, this is cool." I mean, it's really uh,
2: yeah. Squeak and I are big fan a of Bitten. Twilight Sparkle. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're 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 big fans. Uh, so we have to watch it every day. Um, but it really has. They've they've made a lot of the the series, and and uh, I think it's on. Um, I think it's on Disney or Sprout. I can't remember. Yeah. There's like there's like five kids programming channels now. It's not. It's a lot different than it used to be when we were kids, where you had like network and then you had Nickelodeon and right. PBS basically. Uh, there's five or six of them now, and they all do a slightly different thing. Sprout concentrates on learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Disney's entertainment and IP. Uh, then you have Nickelodeon, which is kind of a mix of the two. Uh, there's there's a lot of stuff, but yeah the the whole the whole debacle should be handled. I think next week. Uh, but it was it happened fairly quickly, and it was resolved fairly quickly, so that's really cool. But uh, I got I got one more. Um, uh, speaking of TV and stuff, the Olympics has started uh, this this last week here uh, or week or two.
1: No, I thought it was just getting ready to start.
2: Uh, well, they you know they're they got the whole thing with the all the things starting and everything. Well, they're doing the the prelims and all the okay yeah, yeah. the the you know, qualifying, seeing who goes where and all that stuff. Well they they released a uh, the first one of the first videos of it that's making the web right now. Have you guys seen uh the Michelle Jennicke stuff? Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh I highly recommend it. It is it is I guess the pinnacle of Olympic spirit. Um they have this it's hundred meter uh I don't know when the official start date is, but the the they've been kind of going down. Uh, and, and getting the prep ready and everything. Well, they had a, a competition run here, I guess uh, earlier this week. And Michelle jenicky she's a hundred meter women's hurdles, and they had a race of about eight of them. And she is the most adorable, happy person you have ever seen. She's probably uh, she towers over all the other. 100 meter girls and everything. But uh, if you haven't seen the video, I highly recommend you check it out. It's like six minutes long and it is just a picture of a happy, exuberant young woman running and preparing for her race. It's, It's a super sweeping the web thing right now she like dances before the thing and, and, <laughs> and she's, awesome. just, she's bouncing up and down and she's got a
0: huge
2: smile she hugs everybody after she finishes and beats them by like three tenths of a second which in 100 meter hurdles
0: forever is yeah.
2: forever i mean there's a wide margin yeah. of yeah. of her beating uh the, these people and uh it's it's uh, a serious uh meme right now you know people are are putting her like little warm-up routine to music and and all that stuff so check it out uh the olympics are coming uh looks
1: like the opening ceremonies are uh friday july 27th absolutely and they're expecting 1 billion people to tune in on tv to the opening Uh, ceremony yeah
2: i mean there's there's all kinds of stuff they're they're doing like prelim competitions and stuff like that in sydney right now and and uh you know that that kind of deal, uh, practice runs and all that stuff. So they're filming it, and it's on YouTube. You can find it. Uh, just it won't be hard to find the Michelle thing. Just try, plug in Michelle Jennicky, and it's you're going to get there. But uh, you know they've had the whole thing with the cabbies and and all that stuff. So it, I know it doesn't really fit into GWC stuff, but it is the pinnacle of human competition uh, and athleticism and uh, you know spirit of the games and all that kind of thing. It's important. It doesn't come out around that very, very much. uh It's I'm I'm always a big fan because it's always kind of cool to see how far humans can push themselves uh when they are at the peak of their physical uh, uh prowess, and it's it'll be cool. So I'm I'm looking I'm forward looking to
1: forward it. to it too. Yeah, I I always watch the summer yeah. games.
2: And for the last two weeks, you've had kind of the lead up to it. You know, the whole cabbie strike and the. You know, the construction is a done yeah, yet. Yeah, actually, and if
0: I could interject just a little something here. I, I feel like, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the Olympics, too. I have been for a number of years, and I was, I'm really excited about them this year. There's one kind of little bit of downside to it recently, and I I, I certainly don't want this to, to spoil the enjoyment. Um, and, in fact, that's why I feel like I kind of want to bring it up, because I feel like there are some people that are doing some things uh, that are getting in the way of the enjoyment of the games, and I think we need to we need to be clear with them that they can't do that. Like Screw I don't that. even know what
4: you're talking about. Well,
0: I'm getting there. If give me two seconds, I'm getting there. You know, um, in they, they people spend a lot of money to get the games. And, and it's a mini, like a decade-long process almost to get the games in a given yeah, it's location. it's a big deal. Uh, it really is. And to build all the things that are needed and make the investment in the city and draw it all in. And, and the payoff from that comes in terms of commerce and most in terms of the IP, intellectual property of the games, you know, and the broadcasting of the games, the money is shared and uh, to some extent and you know, the the materials and the ability to brand things with it and all that.
2: Well and something that's that's not as well publicized, but uh, when they build these structures, a lot of times it is a way to build these complex and sports things that will generate revenue for the city for like the stuff in Lillehammer when they when they built right. all that it's no, right. still there. Yeah. It still makes money, it still holds competitions, it's a whole new thing. It doesn't just go away. Yeah, they that's, don't always
1: I mean sometimes they screw it's, up. Sometimes and it's a they loss, do and,
2: and it is but sometimes they really market it well and I think that's what they try and do is find those cities that can build that that long-term revenue for their city a long time from now and maybe even host it again there uh, sometime in the future uh, expanded of course but uh, that it's really a, a, an, an economic uh, I guess plus or at least if, if done correctly but sorry I didn't mean to interrupt but No anything, it's but okay it's, I was
0: just going to say that the, the, the problem here though is that this year they've really overreached dramatically with the IP. Uh, it's gotten to be a joke in a couple of ways. And this is not the games that are bad. This is this is the, uh, the people running them have really kind of screwed things up a bit. Uh, some of the things that have happened recently. Uh, number one, they've tried very hard to... Uh, they've always controlled official photos and things like that, but they've even gone to the length of trying to enforce this year that... Uh, uh, that people who, who pay and go see the games are not allowed to take photos and that's stupid. Oh, it gets, it gets worse. Uh, they've tried to enforce that you can't tweet anything from the games. That's theirs. That's IP and it belongs to them. And you don't get to do that if you attend.
1: Yeah. Why don't you talk to the government of Iran about trying to stop people from tweeting? No kidding. It? it
0: gets even weirder. Um, families of the people who go there the athletes themselves not allowed to take pictures of themselves mm-hmm. or the people uh their their co-competitors um the the ticketing and everything has gotten so out of hand price-wise and and negotiation-wise in terms of there's so few available compared to the number of people that want to come that i i hear that some families are are not able to get tickets to see their people compete mhm um,
2: yeah, their sons and daughters that have trained their whole lives. That's right. And you've sacrificed that's all right. of this for for this one shot, and you're never going to see it.
0: I think that if you tell the family of uh, an Olympian that they can't take a picture of their of their family member, I think you're being I think you've broken the the Will Wheaton law. You know, I think you are now being a dick. Yeah. And uh, I I can't stand by that. No, I I can't be against the games. I never. I, I won't be. The games are a beautiful thing for a whole lot of reasons, uh, and and the history of them shows that. This is among the short list of things that you can do to to, to tarnish that, and you need to stop. They need to stop. You know.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think once you you start manhandling that and treating it uh, less about the expression of of you know the spirit of the games and more as we want to own and control all of this, you start to lose focus on what it is, why you're doing this to begin with. And it will become less of a, um, ideal and more of a property.
0: And I just, I understand, I just want to be clear that I understand that that money is important and it's needed to make things happen. And I understand that they need to control the IP to some extent in order to make that work. I'm down with that. I yeah, think there's that a they've crossed the line. Cro- controlling
2: you know? and strangling.
0: Yeah. I need, they, they need to back off a little bit on the other side of the line and continue doing what they're doing otherwise. And I think it'd be fine. And I suspect that hopefully it'll get enough publicity and so on that, you know, it'll work out. Uh, I'm excited to see it. Uh, I'm I'm excited about the way they're doing the uh, pay pay streaming stuff now. I plan on doing some of that, uh, and I have no problem paying a little bit for the stream to see the events I want to see. Uh, you know, no matter what, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I will be watching.
2: Yeah, we we want to see uh, archery and and some of the others. So I, I it's it's not sci-fi or fantasy or anything like that, but it is really cool and it's it doesn't awesome. happen that very often. Uh, So it's 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 pretty cool. It's good stuff, and that's what
0: GWC is about, you know.
2: So uh, yeah, it's it's coming. Check out Michelle uh, Jenneke. Trust me, I'm going to do that. It's it's awesome. I'm totally the happiest woman on the planet right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, there is a cool uh, piece of news about Captain America. Oh yeah, yeah. There's an upcoming movie that they're making called uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier, and they are in the process, Marvel's in the process of finding a sidekick for Captain America for the movie. And it looks like they're talking to, um,
3: Canada boy, uh,
1: Anthony Mackie, who was, <laughs> <Alpha Flight? laughs> who was in the movie, uh, Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter. But, uh, the sidekick apparently is going to be Falcon, who is one of the first African American, uh, heroes to show up in any mainstream comic. He was, you know, awesome. Stanley introduced him. And uh, he's this dude that grew up in Harlem, and apparently he's been a sidekick to uh, Captain America in the comics before. That's so, awesome. So yeah, it looks like they're, that's what they're doing for the next Captain America movie. And uh, another upcoming, well, it's, it hasn't even begun yet, but Michael Fassbender, who, as we all know, is awesome, uh, is going to, he agreed to produce and star in an upcoming movie based on the Assassin's Creed games.
0: I saw that and that's exciting.
1: Yeah, it is. Because it's it's a cool you you know the premise of the games, right? Yeah. So, I mean, the this guy who basically he finds out that his ancestors were assassins in uh like Renaissance mid, late medieval early Renaissance Italy. And uh and in the game, he uses kind of an avatar machine like in the movie Avatar where he recreates a lot of the events and finds out what happened with his ancestors and plays plays out these assassinations. And, uh, there are all these like cryptic puzzles to solve and links to the Knights Templar and everything. And
2: I have mixed feelings about this one. I, I love the, the idea. I don't particularly like assassin playing Assassin's Creed games, uh, I think they're very beautiful. I know because you
1: don't like platforming and you don't I, like sneaking. I
2: don't. Yeah, it's it's like a lot of both. <laughs> very anti sean You know, I I tried to do the Batman stuff. I thought maybe even Catwoman could save it for me. I just don't parkour around <laughs> video game lands very well. I don't like platforming, but uh, it they're very beautiful and it is a fantastic sci-fi story. Yeah, the only thing that gets me that, that kind of puts a, a a chink in the armor for me is. The last time they did something like this, it was uh, Prince of Persia.
1: I thought that was pretty successful.
2: It was pretty successful. However, it was not Prince of Persia. It was, uh, what's his name? Jake Gyllenhaal. And, and uh, oh God, what's the, what's the old bald guy's name? Bruce
1: Willis? <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, uh, Sir Ben Kingsley. Uh, Abe hey, Brigada?
3: Yeah, hey, Abe
2: <laughs> Also not dead. <laughs> yeah. um, Yul Brynner? Uh, no, it was uh, Sir Ben Kingsley uh, and, and Jake Gillenall doing a movie that had the Prince of Persia IP to it.
0: You know you know why I think this might work uh, beyond I that? I hope
2: it doesn't turn into that. I actually liked Prince of Persia, but... It, it wasn't the game. Well, you
0: know what I mean. If you think about it, though, the game had remarkably little t- story to offer. This is true. Like,
2: and, and Assassin's Creed is nothing. Has if, a lot. It's nothing of that. if not story heavy.
0: Yeah, it's like, and not just that, but it's like seems to me it's heavy of the kind of story that would be easy to draw on for a movie. Yeah, it's got meat. Yeah, whereas Prince Prince of Persia, not little thin. Yeah. So when they had to, they they had to craft something, and it would be easy. I'm not saying they had to do that, but you could see how it would be easier. I think it might be harder for them to take that turn, with, uh, with Assassin's Creed.
2: It might be. I, I am keeping my options. I would. I think I would We're like. We're gonna go see it. Yeah, I think I would like the movie a lot better than playing the game because the, the, <laughs> watching it's fun. Watching Doing it's it. fun. Yeah, I don't want to platform, and and it's always interesting to me. And I see people playing it. I'm like, wow, that looks like it could be cool. And every time I try and play it, I'm like, God, I hate platforming. You know. You and, know,
0: another reason that this movie might do well, Audra, is uh, I, I, you know, and we can talk more about this later. But I saw a lot more Assassin's Creed cosplay. At at Comic Con than yeah, I had in there pre- were a lot previous more. years. The
2: visuals are stunning. They really are. It's Assassin's a beautiful Creed game. does a wonderful job of combining new and that old kind of Renaissance. I mean, they actually mapped and modeled the
1: Florence. Yeah, Florence. <laughs> yeah.
2: uh, I'm not kidding. I mean, they went down, they took pictures, they took measurements and laser you know, laser measurements and everything, and they built it in the game, and you can run all over all of it. And it's
0: it is impressive. Well, like last year we saw like one professional sold costume that was really awesome. And this year I saw like <laughs> I saw like five what? or six
1: people at least cosplaying as Ezio. Yeah, that's and it. Yeah.
0: That's what I was saying. Like like last year we saw the a company that made and sold high end stuff like that. They had a really good sure. version. And, and this year, I saw, like, five or six. Proliferated. Yeah. More. Ranging from, like, really accurate to, like, I kind of made it at home, but it's cool. And and when you see that, that seems like a sign to me. People wanting to cosplay the character is a sign that there's interest. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get that, that fanaticism from things you
2: don't like. Yeah. You, know, you don't see a lot of Hudson Hawk.
0: No, cosplay. but like last year, for example, you saw a lot of Mass Effect cosplay, even if it was kind of homemade and stuff. You saw some this time, but there was a little more last year, which makes sense because the game the was game yeah. was yeah. was big last year. Yeah. So that seems to me this is on the. It's a good time for it, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Little piece of uh, Trek news, and I'm not familiar with the the Star Trek lore going all the way back, but um, he's I guess, like
0: Data, but he's kind <laughs> yeah, of uh, yeah, nice, yeah. nice yeah. pull, <laughs> nice <thing. laughs>
1: Uh, Carl Urban was in the uh, the Judge Dredd panel, of course, because he's in the upcoming remake yeah. at Comic Con, and apparently during the Q and A, or or at some point, he let slip um, that Uh-oh. in the upcoming Dredd movie, Benedict Cumberbatch is going to play a guy named Gary Mitchell, yeah. who will be a villain. Was Kirk's best friend back at the academy. And, uh, so, you know, if you know, if you know about that storyline or whatever, I'd be interested, I'll have to look into it cause I don't know anything about that. Uh,
2: I know dickle from the EU,
1: <laughs> that,
2: that particular thing. Yeah. I have it's no a very idea. important
0: term. Yes. Dickle.
1: I thought it was dick all. It well, is. Well,
0: it, it gets shortened eventually. Dickle, it, it gets, like, it, like pickle. Yeah. It depends
2: on where you're from in England. You know, it, it eventually gets shortened and uh, the, the more closer to like, uh, uh, God, and I just, I and then the name we the just city. make fun of
0: it because we think it's <laughs> awesome. So yeah. we take the extreme, the extremist, extremist version, and yeah. make it a little dickle. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, and there are actually quite a few spoilers coming out right now. So if you're a, an anti spoiler person, you need to stick your head in the sand super hard right now. And uh, because it's it's dribbling out, there's just a lot of it available now. And it's, it's too hard to hide, even with the wall of containers and everything. Yeah. It's, it's Dribbling hard. out like an ice cream with a two-and-a-half-year-old on a summer Sunday. Yes, it is. So. I just
1: hope that in any case, Benedict Cumberbatch keeps most of his hair. Because <laughs> sometimes Star Trek feels like...
2: The Audra hair report.
1: You know, like, uh, what's his name from uh, uh, The Time Traveler's Wife? Yes. You know, like, he shaved his head for the role, and... You know, like dude from Nemesis shaved his head. Benedict Cumberbatch has these beautiful, like luscious, dark locks that look so good. And I just hope he keeps them.
0: (laughs) I feel pretty certain that everybody has already heard this, but I'll say it anyway, since we're there. Uh, He also confirmed uh, on that panel that uh, that dread does not remove the helmet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I heard that. Was, yeah. Uh, a couple of weeks. I know ago, it had yeah. been kicking around that it that it had been that way, but he confirmed it, and they showed. I didn't Carl see it, Urban. but they, yeah, yeah, but they they showed a pretty long clip of it, and oh, I'm sorry, they showed the whole movie. What? Uh, yeah, no, they showed the whole movie. It was hard to get into. It was first night too. It was like oh, wow. I think it was Wednesday night That's or Thursday awesome. night, uh, and people came back and said, no, he does not take the helmet off. So it's it's absolutely 100 percent confirmed.
1: Is the remake? It's just called Dread. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The the. And it, it's it's serious. It's not it's not camp, from what I understand, and it's pretty violent, from what I understand. Which is, which is not a surprise. Very uh, dread, essence <laughs>
2: of dread. So yeah. I mean, I mean, that's how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be yeah. dark and kind of serious and everything. So, uh, speaking, I, oh, sorry. Oh, I, I
1: was gonna say, I I heard that some of the other movies that were previewed at, at the con have done pretty well, like Looper and stuff like that. But apparently, the one that kind of took everyone by surprise that seems to get a lot of good response is elysium the the matt damon one where he has a shaved head incidentally (laughs) but yeah the 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 matt damon movie uh and i don't know a lot about it but elysium is the one that people are buzzing about like they think that this one is going to be like a like it'll be really silent and then it'll kind of explode into like a six
2: cents or something or
1: i don't know i mean in terms of what the movie's about, or?
2: No, I mean, like, uh, you know oh, how Sixth Sense yeah. kind of, like, snuck in for about two weeks, and then it exploded after everybody was like, Aah!
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, but but people are, they have a lot of excitement about it, kind of in the blogs and stuff.
2: Nice. Uh, two opening movies uh, very close together here. Uh, Batman, uh, Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Opened, I guess, Thursday. A couple nights ago, yeah. And uh, has hit very mixed reviews. Really? Yeah, uh, from what I'm hearing. Uh, there's, uh, both in critics and just fans to go see it. Uh, it's, uh, apparently you're either going to love it or hate it. And it's, uh, it's very different than I guess the last one. So I don't know. I have, I have not seen it. I have heard nothing other than the trailers and the constant incessant drone of a Frenchman who I'm on another cast with. (laughs) Um, he was very excited about it uh, but uh anyway there's there's
0: a Is he
1: okay with you calling him that cuz he's from uh he's from Canada he's not really a- Yeah
0: yeah we call him Frenchie. Okay. <laughs> <stuff>.
3: Well
0: <laughs> I I've I heard make fun of them. I'm I'm with you cuz I've heard good things but from people that I don't always line up with necessarily as well as some that I do so I have no idea. I got to see it obviously yeah, so
2: you know our our resident Dark Knight expert is, is Wing, and sure, who is a yeah. freak and a half about that kind of thing. And he was very excited about it. We've heard a lot about the production, a lot about you know kind of how they're treating oh, yeah. it and, and all that stuff. And he's just super excited. When he got out, he didn't say anything. He was like, well, I saw it.
0: And yeah, that, of course, like I said,
3: that but doesn't mean... He's been mean... hyped up
2: for a year. That doesn't mean it's good or bad or anything like that. It's just... I've heard that from a number of people like, well, it was... It was different than I thought it was going to be. So, I don't know. It it could be... There was a lot of problems with Bane. You know, they the first they changed the voice modulation because it didn't work at all. And everyone was mumbling through the movie. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> no one Batman, can understand what
1: no anyone can, is saying.
2: Nobody is intelligible. So, they had to fix Bane's voice at the, like, the last they minute. They should have and,
1: Bob Dylan voice over the trailers and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know. So, there was a lot of that. And uh, Total Recall is re- releasing pretty soon isn't yeah. it? If, if not it is. this weekend or, or when the hell is that coming? Uh, August 3rd, August 3rd. Yeah. Uh, so in a couple weeks, so I don't know, you guys probably saw more trailer than I did at a comic con. Nope. Did I it?
0: didn't see the trailer, but I've seen the trailer in the movie theater. Yeah. And uh, I understand that it's, it's doing real well and, and they, they promoted it big time. And I, I was going to talk about this more later, but uh, now it's as good as any, I guess they, they promoted the crap out of it at, at comic con, uh, and interestingly they didn 't seem to get from what I could tell the kind of like huge buzz that you get from some things like like Ultron legacy picked up for example, or some of the things like that. but what they did get i I know I felt this way, and everybody I talked to felt this way of a wide variety of people uh the The sort of massive promotion in terms of uh you saw it on on uh posters and on uh large what do you call them like uh vinyl things and stuff you yeah know? sure. They had
1: those posters that they put on the side of buildings that are like four stories high and stuff, and
0: yeah, that kind of thing. And with all of those, uh, you know, they looked cool and they looked interesting. And the trailers that have been out in the theaters look cool. And I, I think that it got. I let me put it this way: everybody that I talked to or heard mention it was thinking it looks like at worst it'll be fun, and I, I definitely want to see it. You know, and that's maybe that's worth more than a big. You know. Yeah,
2: I think that's that maybe Because the the first one was not exactly what you call a a classic representative of great sci-fi. It was good.
1: It's a really good story that was executed problematically. (laughs) Yeah. But,
2: I mean, you've got enough talent to pull it. I mean, there's Kate Beckinsale. There's Jessica Biel. uh, Colin Farrell, who I think is an interesting choice for Quaid.
1: (laughs) Colin Farrell's eyebrows, also starring.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So there's there's a lot of... uh, They did bring the three-breasted hooker in this one as well. Uh, so I mean, there are. It'd be there, funny if
1: it was the same actor. <laughs> <laughs> that would
3: rock. How you, doing?
2: you know, uh, there's, there's a. In fact, uh, there's a little uh, side story going around with that. Kate Beckinsale didn't actually know if she was going to be available. Uh, to be in the movie, she,
1: she didn't she, know she was going to be the three-breasted hooker.
2: Whoops. No, she said she wanted. If she couldn't do it, she wanted to do the uh, do the movie or at least be a part of it because she always loved Total Recall. She she volunteered if if she wasn't going to be able to star in it, she wanted to be the three-breasted hooker.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. And she
2: was. She was after she had said that. She was a little worried because she didn't know where they were going to put the third one. They're like, "Well, it's right it on on forehead. Does it go in the middle or do we squish them together and add a third one to the left no, or they right?" All have or to how move. does it?
0: Yeah. That's it's called like- unibreast. Yeah, exactly. She's like, I don't know exactly how that works. Which you can know?
1: you can get that easily with a cheap sports bra
0: on her left <laughs> on her left bicep. Yeah, <laughs> she, she was she was kind Not of pondering where they would put the, the third place. one, or if there would just
2: be an entire prosthetic that would go over all the stuff she had, or, or what what they were going to do with it. But Yunibu. yeah, the, she was uh, before she knew she was going to be able to star in it. She was she said she wanted to be involved in it, and she would do that if if they couldn't get her in the movie any other way.
1: You know what I thought was really funny, and I I mean. Not to launch into a big discussion, but I did rewatch the original Total Recall a few weeks back. And I thought it was, in hindsight, it's one of those things that you wouldn't pick up on as a kid. Um, Quaid's character, they're talking about what kind of woman he likes and trying to make the perfect woman. And they're like, uh, exotic. They said she should be dark and exotic. And then you see this woman who is her, right? The pinnacle of dark and exotic for him. And she's like vaguely Hispanic. I'm like, exotic? Are you Are you kidding me? Like, I, I almost thought it was, like, offensively funny that they would call this, like, vaguely Hispanic-looking woman exotic. See, like, me, she's a, a tropical bird or something. See,
2: for me, exotic would be, like, Priya from from Big Bang Theory.
1: Yeah, or, you know, Iman or something.
2: You know, but I'm, Iman's pretty mainstream for me. Like,
3: because,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of people like her. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh wait!
3: <Yeah. laughs> well, I see her a lot. I you know? I'm
2: just messing with you. It's one of those things, you know. Like uh, you think exotic, I think Indian, or or around that. Well, is that is exotic area.
1: just another word for not white? <laughs> I mean, is that like I she's think exotic? She's is brown brown different from and, what you
2: normally are surrounded by. You know, because like guess that makes sense. Because like in Japan. Large, tall, blonde, yeah, that's true. Caucasian it's women exotic. are exotic. Yeah, you know, and uh, here you find one on every corner. You know, it's, it's hey, look, there's a tall. Especially in Texas, they're all six two and blonde. You know, it's not really it's anything unusual. Well, there but, are many
1: people who are naturally that way, but it seems to be the thing that everyone wants to create. Seems
2: to be, doesn't it? Although it never, yeah. Well,
1: For, think about how many how many natural blondes are actually born. Yeah, all you have to do is look at how many male. How many men out there are blonde? Because men rarely dye their hair, right? Right. So that'll give you an idea of how many people are naturally well, in blonde. Would,
2: I guess. But yeah,
1: right. Yeah. But I mean, around here, right? Yeah, sure. So how many people are naturally blonde? Just look around at the men, and then well, Chuck, and then you'll realize that <laughs> he's a
2: he's a platinum blonde. That like
1: <laughs> out of out that? of people who can genetically <laughs> out of be this blonde, one out of three. <laughs> out of the people <laughs> who can genetically be blonde, you know, it's something like I don't know, one in six or, or something, yeah, right? I was super but if you blonde look at women, it's like. You know, 59% of the women around here are blonde. Yeah.
0: Technically, <laughs> gray hair is an absence of color. Yeah, but they call it blonde. Yeah?
2: Yeah. If you're in a modeling agency, they'll call that blonde. They'll call mm-hmm. it platinum.
0: Because it's, uh, it's actually... That's weird. Yeah, it's remar- It's funny too because like bleach blonde versus really light ble- bleach blonde versus white hair, it's not that different no. when you look at it no, and in not. terms of functionality color-wise. But
1: See, I wouldn't call your hair gray. I'd call it silver.
0: Chuck's like, yeah, I
1: like
2: like, my hair silver. (laughs) It's
1: funny how so many people, as years go by, more and more people think that he dyes his hair.
0: That's funny too. From what I understand, you can't.
1: You can't. Yeah, what
2: silver? Yeah, you cannot attain that particular color without
0: the absence of it. Yeah, the
2: absence of it. Yeah, Uh, yeah. you could spray paint it. Basically, what you have to do is, yeah, yeah, you have to dye it completely. You know, remove all the color and then you add highlights back in that, that kind of shade. And it you can approximate
0: it, yeah. yeah. But I, I was I was told by my hair the lady that cuts my hair, you know, for what it's worth. She's like, You can't dye it that color. You thought, can do mm. it
2: for a special effect for a movie, but right. it'll wash out. Right.
0: You know, you Somebody
1: told just... Chuck recently that his hair looked like Anderson Cooper. I Actually, like, that That's a compliment. I was
0: standing too- in the. It was in. A, I was in an Apple store uh, before we went to Comic Con. <laughs> it's very I, Apple store. <laughs> well, no, it's funny because <laughs> it's I was. Apple store I know. <laughs> well, I. I was. I was going to buy a battery case because my the battery always dies on the phone because you just use well, crap. Out yeah, of it. you're on vacation. And man. I, you know, I wanted one that wasn't. I was going to. I decided I'd been using crappy little batteries that I bought for four bucks and stuff, and I thought, you know, I'll go ahead and just buy a real one you know and I'll spend some money and I'll use it a few years in a row and it'll be great but I wanted to f- see it you know because a lot of them yeah. are crappy so I was standing there looking at battery cases stuff and this dude comes over and looks at me funny and uh, he's like you know from the side you look like Anderson Cooper and I'm like thanks <laughs> <laughs> I think it seems pretty cool yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm mean, i pretty sure that's cool yeah, he looks all right all right All right. You know? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> but it was funny I came home and I'm like was he making fun of me and I was just like I don't think so <laughs>
1: <laughs> no anderson cooper's hot
0: yeah. I, gotta, I, I thought uh, everyone knew that <laughs> yeah uh, i
2: gotta i gotta field that one in the the compliment section i think yeah i struggled I, a
0: little but i was like yeah okay yeah, i think it is yeah.
2: it's funny i got a haircut for the first time since february the other day and and uh <laughs> nice. I, i'm looking down well you know it's yeah strutting. sure and uh i'm looking down and you know how I get, like, a number four on the side, so there's, like, these great patches of hair come off the side of my head, <laughs> yeah. right? And I'm looking down on my chest, and there's this thing there, and I'm like, huh, half of that's gray. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Sweet. At least it's a hair, you know? <laughs> at least it's hair, and it's just not, like, and, like, a couple hairs, like, flutter down.
1: <laughs> like Homer oh, Simpson. Yes. Yeah. when he gets his hair
3: cut, like,
2: <laughs> exactly. literally. But, yeah. be hair You know, uh, so I'm like, huh. After that's great. I'm beginning to be like my father. That's weird. It's Awesome. Oh, he still he, he still has some. I like use him as my gauge. It's like, all <laughs> right. Uh, you're what? 61, 62? All right, cool, cool. Uh, I I can I deal with that. You still have some. It's good. But uh yeah. See, you you're fine though. You're you're going to like die with that much hair. Yeah, I you think be so. like 100 what, what do you plan to do like 200 years or something? Okay, 400. 400 the last yeah. I heard it was 2. Uh, <laughs>
3: but,
2: I'm gonna live to be four hundred. Okay, yeah, he'll be like the crib keeper. His hair will <laughs> be down to here.
3: <laughs>
2: you know. I'll get it cut. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be more like the, the you clean know, cut crib keeper. Yeah, I will. You yeah, know. <laughs> the clean cut. Of the GQ crib keeper.
1: <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Short sides and back, high and tight. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'll be more like the Jabba's little henchman. Oh, you know.
1: uh salacious crumb? Yeah, I'll be more like him, like <laughs> wrinkled involved.
3: <bald. laughs>
0: Memory in mind, eh? Nah. here. <laughs> That's awesome. The Hell yeah. second hair rapport.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna be like the uh the witch from the uh, Robin Hood Prince of Thieves movie. <laughs>
3: The painted man, <laughs> <laughs> it's enough. Croon.
1: <laughs> oh my god, was that that was Rickman, wasn't it? Yeah, Alan Rickman. Oh,
4: cut it's, your heart out
3: with a spoon.
1: I love his death scene. <laughs> That's
3: my wife, Croon. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know actually, you know what I always think of him in cuz I get the feeling that it's kind of a natural him. He's acting but it's close to him is in dogma of all things.
2: You know, he dogma I think was the reason he got Snape.
0: You think? Yeah. I could see that cuz he he's kind of like a less crafted Snape. Yeah.
2: It's like uh you know, we can't drink hence the spitting. You know, and that's very the that whole pentameter is very Snape. You're right. You know, when he when he's talking in Dogma, it's very kind of that that same kind of. Dialogue it's the beginnings of it. It's the I beginnings totally of I totally get where you're coming from.
0: You know, that's I, I, actually really cool. Anyway, I always liked. Him we should in
1: watch it. Robin Hood sometime because <laughs> <laughs> that's a great movie to to talk about. It's like it's kind oh, of a yeah. good movie, but it's also super cheesy. If
2: they'd put anybody good. but Kevin Costner in it, I think it would have been stellar. But Kevin Costner is Robin Hood, you know, when he's standing on the log doing the big thing. And he's like, and he's got the Southern accent, the Southern American accent oh. <laughs> in
1: Nottingham, Forest. In
2: Nottingham Forest, you know, and you're, or
1: Sherwood Forest. Right? Yeah, or
2: yeah, Sherwood Forest. And you've got Morgan Freeman over there and you've got other people and people who are really great English actors. And then you have Robin Hood. The Southern Gentleman Robin Hood. <laughs> and oh, then you have Christian it's Slater. tan, hired soldier.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's pretty good. To the tweets! To the point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> And makes her point. <laughs> then you have Christian Slater going, Because our father loved you more than me. Oh, <laughs> Christian in Slater is. In that is, overly wrought English
2: accent. If uh, Christian think, Slater is out-englishing, accenting Robin Hood, <laughs> you know. You've took a wrong turn somewhere. you know. I love Robin uh, Hood, Prince of Thieves. It is a fantastic movie oh, oh, and Sean
1: Connery at the end. Yeah. Oh, it's
2: awesome. I have I one. she shows
1: up in the nutslinger to the wedding.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Zardoz, we were having a wedding. <laughs> on I'm a, bike, on a like, bike
1: with a sidecar. And made it's married. like black
0: and it has like a little rose on the... <laughs> By the way, nice gorge. It's like you know. the uh it's like Ciao. the tuxedo <laughs> nutslinger.
2: Yeah, the tuxedo. You know, <laughs> a corsage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm fresh back from the continent. Yeah. Has tails. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just two straps hanging down his back <laughs> yeah. over his ass. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. <Like>
3: shredded leather. <laughs>
2: Just back from a uh, Tina Turner concert. Cher. <laughs> <Sure. Yeah. laughs> sure. That would have been better. You met my
5: girlfriend.
0: <laughs> I have one last little piece of news. Um, uh, Eureka ended, and I know. Yeah,
1: this past week. Yeah, oh, I had
0: said. Yeah, me too. Uh, it was. Did a, it end well? It yes, was, it did. It was a I beautiful episode. It. Um, cool. It, they did a a really fine job of of. They brought back almost everybody that you remember. Did
2: Joe wind up happy?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Okay, I'm good. Uh, Happier than
1: ever, I would say. I won't say. spoil
0: it here, but when we stop for a second... That's I'll, fine. I'll That's tell all you, I care about. Did Joe I'll wind up happy? I'll tell you exactly what happened. All right, good. Um, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. If you have seen Joe it, had a moment. <laughs> it a moment. <laughs> She's doing the thing. If you, uh, if you have seen it and you... Uh, And even if you're not a normal listener and you would like to hear us talk more about it, uh, we did the final scheduled episode of Save Eureka nice uh, we have at least one more uh, we have an, uh, an interview I'm gonna coming. ask
2: are you is it gonna last for a little bit or are you well, gonna kind of wrap it up a little bit we, or what are you doing
0: we stopped the uh, scheduled episodes there won't they won't be weekly we are going to do one or more as uh opportunities pop up to kind of wrap up with some interviews and that sort of thing and they'll come out as available and obviously if they do any we're going to keep the podcast on the uh on the list and everything and should they do anything else with the ip that's fun we reserve the right to podcast. Another podcast or two, but uh, but the schedule podcast is well, over.
2: Regardless, congratulations on seeing the the show to a, its finale. Yeah, thank you. It, it was uh, it deserved to. To have people talk about it and, and realize yeah. that it's how cool it is. So I, I think, think you'll cool.
1: be happy with the conclusion. I we think were. you will
0: too.
2: And, and I'm, I'm like a season behind, so I it's, it's okay. Yeah, I it'll mean, be there. Yeah. <laughs> it'll
1: be fun to watch this season. Like just blow through it with no commercials and no yeah. waiting. I
2: mean, and that's kind of what I'm waiting for.
1: Yeah.
0: And don't worry about getting to the end and feeling like you know you got stuck or something. Yeah. You're not going to have to fear that.
2: Yeah, as long as Joe's happy, I'm good.
0: Yeah. And uh, uh, anyway, if you if you are kind of looking for a, a good goodbye. Uh, that the, the, uh, I think it's episode 46 of save Eureka. The one it's easy. We put the name in the title. So, uh, it's called just another day is the name of the episode. And if you would like to, uh, if you kind of want to hear more about that final episode and maybe say goodbye yourself, that's give it a, uh, check it out. That one episode of save Eureka would serve as a good standalone just to kind of wrap it up for you if you're interested cool
2: so as usual uh, we're going to talk a little bit after the the giant orgy of geek (laughs) comic-con
1: gorgie (laughs) yeah
2: Uh, awesome. We're going to talk a little bit about it, but I wanted to to mention and and say thank you for for uh, one of the coolest things I got in a while, uh, which was uh, I send every time uh, Chuck and Audra go out to Comic Con. It's it's always normally on my birthday because that is the coolest week of the year. Yeah. And, it's true. Uh, they, what's great is, is I don't get to go to San Diego Comic Con anymore. I, I went twice. You know, nice. back when before it was so big,
0: it's probably good.
2: And yeah, it's probably good because I wouldn't there do well snakes. with the crowds now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> really, all oh, big ones, giant
1: snakes. Were snakes? That was really cool. Yeah, they had true. an Indiana <laughs> Jones display and, and there real were snakes. snakes?
0: You got to the, see them; they're the cutest snakes ever. They
1: <laughs> were like red and yellow and orange, and they had. Audra has
2: this
0: red one red that's like looking, and you got to see it. Yeah,
2: I actually like snakes. It's uh, scorpions; not a big fan. Uh, sort of like um, indie Sun. Right, you yeah, know. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, I, I don't true. like scorpions. I had a bad experience. <laughs> yes, but every every year I send them out to go get me an art.
3: One, one unit art, of, of art.
2: One art, please. And, uh, this, yeah, this time they came back with something really cool. You know, Chuck is, is of course on the floor and everything and, and running around and he's like, Hey, I got you in art. I, I don't know exactly, but it seemed very Sean. And he sent me back or he said it was, uh, uh yeah, it was a space captain and she, she's shooting a blaster and there's some stuff going on. And is it about like a naval cargo. Suit yeah, kinda. It's got some cargo series or something like that. Like it wouldn't. Dude, the, you're describing Kylera Vada. He's like, yeah. I'm like, this wouldn't happen to be the picture you're talking about, would you? And I like went and scanned the book, or you know, took a picture of the the book that was like enemy in danger or whatever. He's like, yeah, that's it. Is is that bad? Like, actually, no. Uh, we almost named Squeak Kylera. <laughs> Because she is the awesome and completely cool and stuff, so it was it was super cool that out of the mass and sea of of crap, and I don't think we've ever even really talked about the Vada series. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I hadn't uh, I mean, even I heard of
1: it. This I Elizabeth Moon, right? Yeah, yeah so.
2: uh, who who does it? And and she is like um she's like MacGyver and and, you know, the the spirit of Firefly all together. She oh. conducts the same war uh, that, like, Honor Harrington does, except she does it on with no budget, no country behind her, nobody believes her, and no everybody's Nimitz. trying to kill her. No Nimitz, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, no, that's Nimitz, no Nimitz, any of that stuff. She's not part cyborg. She's just a chick who is very, very good at getting crap done. And she winds up conducting and winning an intergalactic war. Nice. And it is insanely cool, and uh, she's. Uh, but I don't even think we even really talked about it a whole bunch. I mean, we may have mentioned it on the cast a couple of times, but uh, it was it really. Shannon was a, a big fan as well because, of course, she's a, a strong female captain and awesome. does cool yeah. things and is, is handles things much like Shannon would. Well, we're going to go kill them. <laughs> you know what are we gonna do? You know they're out to kill you. Well, we're gonna blow up their ship. that's trying to kill
0: you. you <laughs> she, kill them first. <laughs> I thought
1: she looked like my shepherd from Mass Effect. And yeah. I was like, that is cool. And, and when we talked to uh, Dave Seely, the artist, and he told us about the the Vada Wars books and everything. So I, you know, Chuck's like Chuck got me uh, an art <laughs> with uh, with Kyler Vada in it. Also, different different picture with like her in a spacesuit and it's
2: awesome. It's Really great series, highly recommended. I can't remember. It, it kind of was uh, a couple years ago. Uh, a couple people actually got me into it, saying, "Look, you need to read this." And and it was really the art, the covers that I was like, eh, Kind of. I was awesome. cruising the bookstore and I I saw the the because it was one of the things where you know you got them all spine laid and then once tilted out oh yeah they have oh, like yeah, the nice. forward-facing one yeah here the forward-facing right. one here picture and there and. well it was a picture and it was the one where she was um uh sitting like at a holographic computer oh yeah sure that's awesome thing he had that too yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the one i saw i'm like oh what's that you know that looks cool and then uh i remembered it was the Vodas transport series or Vodas. it's gone by a couple names it originally didn't start out to be what it is now and uh i'm looking at it i'm like wow that's Pretty cool. How many of these are there? Okay, there's four or five. All right, well, let's just do one and see if it's cool. And I was hooked from there. I mean, it was I blew through them in a couple weeks, and and I've reread them twice. It's really a great series. So uh, it was kind of cool that out of all the crap on the San Diego Comic Con floors,
1: there must uh, have been thousands of pictures. Yeah, to
2: use. you you know me well enough to pick one that <laughs> that I would be down into. It was it was really well, cool. It,
0: it was it was it's always tough and fun. Yeah. So thank you. Oh, yeah, way. of course. Yeah, no, cool. I'm I'm really ha- we're both really happy that yeah. it worked out. <laughs> this one, you know, we we both go looking and and uh um you know, the art that was on his uh presentation wall kind of was really cool. And we stopped and we flipped through the book that he had, of course. And uh, Audra saw this and she's like, "You know, I think Sean would like this." And and it's really funny because I um I mean, we take it pretty seriously trying to find you the right thing. Yeah. And I'm kind of pers- picky. Yeah, we boy, did. we, really we picky. kept our Many eye out every are. day.
1: And then, and then finally on the last day, we're like, today our mission is this. And, yeah. and that's the only thing we're going to do.
0: <laughs> and and so I, you know, I, I asked him, I'm like, hey, and this is funny because I've got it down now. I'm like, <laughs> hey, look, I'm buying art for an artist. And, and it can be kind of difficult. He's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, uh, so I, I'm not, you know, would you mind if I ask you about the details uh, of this piece? You know, uh, how, how is it created? What media do you use? And uh, cause I looked at it and it looked to me like uh, Sean did this incredible piece of our cat, Zach, who who died a number of years ago. Um, and the, and did it back during the day, you know, and yeah. he took this picture uh photo of him and then actually did brushwork on the picture uh with photoshop mm-hmm. and made what looks like a painting from distance it looks like a photograph it's not you get up to it and it's actually a digital painting of, 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 him. so I could tell you it can was see little
1: brushstrokes.
3: Yeah. Yeah yeah. Cool. yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. And I could tell it was like that. So I'm like, okay, this is something along the same line. So I asked and he's like, yeah, I take a, I, I do model shots. I put together models and other stuff and whatever I think might work. And I take a picture of it. Uh, I pull the picture in, uh, digitally print the picture large to the size I want to work, uh, code it let it dry and then do acrylic on top of it, paint. And then when he's done with that, he uh, takes super high res pictures of that and then shrinks those down or blows them up to whatever he needs. He actually likes to blow them up because he likes to see the strokes. Yeah. And yeah. see more of the strokes and everything. And uh, and then it gets some digital work, and then it goes out. And uh, he also had mentioned that his first, uh, the first book, he did entirely digitally because with early books they don't necessarily know how popular they're going to be, right. and they were on a very short turn for it. And when the book became more popular, they gave him more time, which means that the second through the last of the books, oh, there are a bunch of them, right? Yeah, um, are all this method. And he was really happy. So uh, I asked about the character, and because uh, Audra's like. Is this related to Honor Harrington cuz it does look kind of like I
1: thought her. it I asked him if it was Honor it could Harrington be an interpretation at first, of her yeah. cuz it looked like her outfit
0: and uh he's like no actually but when they commissioned this for the book uh they asked me they, they wanted something inspired by Honor Harrington <laughs> with a naval look and that sort of thing and uh and then he mentioned what it was and you were talking to him and I actually googled and found the book and looked at it and just gave it a cursory glance to see if there was anything really weird or screwed up, you know, that I would be a surprise for me, you know. And uh, the more we talked to him about it, the more it became clear that the character was very much your kind of thing. The art was the kind of style that you would be into and interesting. I, I catch me if I'm wrong, but I I always figure your favorite art is the kind that is the uh, the type of work that's interesting to you, but preferably the stuff that you can't or don't do. Yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. You so, would also
1: appreciate, Sean, that um, the guy, the artist Dave Seeley, he seemed like a cool guy.
0: He did. He was you nice. Know, he, he was a he professional.
1: Yeah, he was professional. He was, you know, interesting and and willing to talk to us in detail about it. And he just seemed cool. He wasn't, you know, like skeevy or anything at all. <laughs> no, not at all. no, he was a
0: really nice
2: guy. No, that it it really worked out because it's as soon as you said space captain cargo <laughs> and you know this, the, I'm like that sounds like Kyler Vodka. <laughs> That can't be a coincidence, because there's only one captain I know who's like that, and, and it turned out to be. And, and the art was part of the reason I got into the series and everything, and you guys got to meet him, and he was cool. And he does stuff that kind of like I do, but really involved, and, and stuff, the kind of stuff I would do if I had more time.
0: And his prices were not cheap, but were very reasonable. Like, yeah, I thought it was yeah. right. You know, they should charge money for their work a good bit, because it's yeah. good work. yeah. Um, but, but it wasn't like so stupidly expensive that either it was, they were, you know, joking or like some of them were, you know, uh, like 10 grand for a print, you yeah, know? it's, it's ridiculous. like ridiculous. Are you smart? What are you talking? Yeah. It's know? like
1: on Eve when you go to buy gas yeah. or whatever. <laughs> There's a one douchebag that's they,
0: like, I'll get the guy the that tub- misclicks. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know, yeah. it was that, it was the guy, it was the douchebag Eve trader, but, but then there, you know, but, but. It was affordable. Even the big stuff was three, $400. And like if you wanted it, you could have it, you know? Yeah. And I, I was really impressed by that. I thought it was cool. I love that. I love that. Is Dave Seeley? Dave Seely. yeah. Yeah,
1: S e e I'll give you
0: the pictures of him. His, his address is on it too. Cool. Everything. Because we want, I think we're going to buy some more from him.
1: You know what else was cool? Just kind of as a side note, um, you were talking about how he mixed digital media and acrylic and everything together. And one thing, uh, Chuck was taking pictures on the exhibit floor at the con, and a lot of exhibitors this year, more than ever before, were using iPads yeah. as displays, That's true. as yeah. uh, ways of showing off their art. And they'd have like three or four of them set up with these kind of rotating, um, you know, just slides or-, or Presentation
2: type Presentations,
1: things. yeah. I don't even want to call them slides because that sounds like too yeah. way too simple. And it's but, really
0: good for that too. And
1: and some people were doing their work right there on computers. I was going to say
0: more modern, this is more modern geek, but I'll just mention it here briefly. Uh, I know a lot of people say the iPad is a content consuming device and not a content creating device. The, uh, the, the, uh, gosh, I can't remember the name of it, but the, the Photoshop app, the illustrator app that they created for drawing mm-hmm. uh, is uh, the Adobe app has gotten so good. Twice I saw like young guys who were in and, and, and one girl who were uh, aspiring comics artists, good ones. I saw their work on the iPad. We're talking with each other or with other comic artists, showing them their work. Oh, were they from they were the art drawing institutes out it. there? No, I mean, they were just people that, oh, okay. were, uh, that, that had done the work on the iPad and were working on it while talking to the person that they, you know, their hero, one of their drawing heroes, who was talking to them about it. And I'm like, that's cool.
2: Here's the thing about this, and I, I won't rant very much about it, but I, I do think it's worth mentioning. There are accepted standards that do not need to be accepted standards anymore for this. If you have an ability to create something with a, uh, some kind of interface, doesn't matter what it is. If it works, it's a good interface. If it doesn't work for you or you can't use it or it's too, whatever it, whether other people tell you it's the best or not, it doesn't matter. If you can create something with, uh, that is valuable and of speed and everything, use it. Doesn't it's like someone telling you you can't
1: use a gel pen because you should use a feather dipped in ink or something. It's yeah.
2: that. I mean, Usual it's, works. I mean, you know? for years I fought that in the industry when it was a lot more locked down than it is now. Um, I think people are, are kind of moving a little bit in that area. Oh, you got to use Illustrator to create Vector no, you don't. There's a ton Why? of programs that do that. <laughs> Flash whips the crap out of it for yeah. line drawings. I mean, there's there's all kinds of stuff, and I think the iPad is is an excellent example of of that kind of thing. But I won't geek out
0: about no, that. No, that's cool. Yeah, I know. I've got more to say too. From uh, I'll put it in Modern Geek. Um, but you know, and I want to get back to the small press because that was an area we spent a lot of time in. But on on my way there, a couple of things about the con as a whole. I think because I know a lot of people have questions, especially with you know, it becoming an easy story that the con is too big or the con is too small or there's some crazy thing about the con. Everybody's looking for that. So you see those stories. And I think it's good to kind of talk a little bit about what it's actually like there. There were some differences this year from this year and last year, and certainly from uh, a couple years ago, the first time we went. Um, The con, while not bigger, felt uh, bigger in some ways. Clearly, it, it has gotten very popular to the point where they're having to change the way they do things. Uh, some of those changes are positive, some maybe not. Um, because they don't clear the rooms, uh, there are always long lines, and waiting in line is part of the Comic-Con experience, and you get used to it. The fact that it's 70 degrees outside, as I said before, is certainly a and helping. Yeah, you are saying it was like a heat wave. It was like seventy six. They or something, were yeah, right? the, 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 the local, local day, yeah. San
1: Diego people were saying, "Oh, there's this heat wave," and we're like, "Where? What? When? Well, where?
2: <laughs> yeah. Heat wave in Texas means <laughs> one hundred and seven. <laughs> totally. Don
1: Don Az shows up and she's like, "Ah, yeah, whatever." <laughs> oh yeah, it's like
2: when we went out to California. Totally. Here
0: they're like, "Oh, it's so cold." No, we're digging the cold. It's
2: good. It's-
0: totally, and and uh, but like for example, um, you know, in the pa- in past years. For the most popular things that were scheduled, uh, you, would, you would get in line at 6 a.m., and you would be in line until 9 or 10, and they would open the doors, and you get in. you get in the room, and you could probably get there even at 7 and have a chance of getting in. Um, I informed you thusly. I so informed <laughs> you thusly. <laughs> yes. These days, um, nice. some of the panels, like the Firefly Reunion, for example, was very popular. Uh, people got in line midnight the night before slept in the line, camped in the line. Um,
1: or like the, the twilight fans who camped out for several days before the con even started, which I
0: think got to the point where it was less of a, you needed to do that to get in. than it was, they wanted to do that as an event kind of thing. But, but, um, you had, you had more of that than in the past. And even with firefly, like if you had gotten there at six in the morning, it was iffy that you would end up in the back of the room. Um,
1: and it, the panel was in the middle of the day too, wasn't it? It Was like two or four right. p.m. or something? So. No,
0: no, it was at uh, eleven. I think oh, okay. it was. It, there were did they two panels during that, or was it just no? They got it was together just they and... got together and talked about it, which I understand was really cool. It was really emotional, a lot of fun. Uh, they did shoot it, and it's coming out on I think Sci-Fi or, or somebody has an hour special that they're doing. That's essentially the panel with some intercut stuff and everything, but. Um, I have to admit, I mean, Audra and I kind of chose this year. We've lined up in the past. Uh, we chose this year to do less of that and to uh, and to do more, uh, spend more time on the floor to target some smaller panels that we thought would be fun. And uh, we were really happy with the decision. Uh, I was talking uh, with one of the longtime people, and, and it's nice because you meet a few, uh, Jim Latari, actually. Oh, uh, was yeah, a listener and ran he, into him on the floor. Oh yeah. He's such a super guy. It was really cool. Twice I ran into him and I got to chat with him for like five, 10 minutes. It was just super cool. But uh, he's been going forever, you know, and, uh, I mentioned that to him and he's like, yeah, you know, I kind of have cycles where sometimes I really want to do those things and sometimes I don't. And, and, you know, over all those years, you just kind of settle in and the con experience is what you make of it. And you make those choices and you enjoy them. And if you're not yes. enjoying them, you should make other choices, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. And I felt like this was so far the best con for me yet, yeah. just because I, I felt like I had more control over my perception of the events, you worried know, worried
0: less, made yeah. more choices. were happy with not the choices. Stressed, just like, yeah. yeah, this
1: is all right. Okay. So we can't do plan A, B, C or D we'll do E. No yeah. big deal. And, you know?
0: and cool yeah. things came from it. You know, um, uh, like for example, we uh, we spend a good bit of time Thursday in the small press area. There are a couple of like areas like that. Uh, there's a small press area which uh, are mostly independently small published uh, books or graphic novels. There's a uh, there's like an independent comics area which uh, is a little different kind of business model. So they have an area of their own. There is some crossover. But I think the small press area might be my favorite thing.
1: It was cool. We met a lot of neat people who are, you know, just complete startups and, you know, sitting there like they're the writer and the illustrator of their own books. They self-published and then they're sitting there talking to people about their books, signing them, selling them for, you know, not very much money. Reasonable
2: money. Yeah. It's an experience you won't be able to have with a larger type of thing. And it's also a connection that you can make that you wouldn't ordinarily get to do. And it's it's it can be pretty cool, especially if and when, like I've had this happen a couple of times where you're talking to an artist and you know, they're there doing the small kind of thing and, and they're self publishing or self printing or whatever and they're telling you all about it and they're super friendly and cool. And then suddenly they get big and it happens very quickly and everything. And you still but what's cool is a lot of times they still remember those connections Yeah, a great those,
0: example was uh uh the Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Pickup. You know, you know that kind of thing can take an artist from uh, another one of those, he wasn't self-published, but another one of those guys that's kind of doing... Yeah, but it was kind
2: of a small, kind
0: of independent yeah, type of deal. to bang, you know?
2: Yeah, and you're like, man, I was there. I saw that, and it was really cool, and, and you have insight that you wouldn't have otherwise, and a connection that you wouldn't have otherwise, and it's really cool.
0: I just love that, you know, talking to someone about their work, you know, they're passionate about it, and a lot of times you find exciting new things to read. You know, one of the best parts for me of Comic-Con is finding new things to enjoy. And sometimes for me, that's been like sitting in a Warner Brothers panel or something where they show you all, they pitch you all the awesome new movies that are coming. This year, to me, and a lot, of, I think it was talking to those, uh, talking yeah. to those small press artists that that like sold sold me on cool things to read, and I, I came like back I, with a couple of books. You I know? feel like
1: I need to, you know, do a, you know, write these up and put them online, you know, because I Hell don't, yeah. I don't have memorized all the names of the people in the the books, because and I haven't read fans. a lot of yeah, yeah. We just, you know, just met them and just got the stuff. So, but yeah, I want to share that, you know, the ones that I enjoy, I'd like to share with people.
0: Oh, totally. Um, I, I had a couple of really cool experiences and again, I'm like you, it's so fresh that I have trouble remembering all the names and I haven't had a chance to read all the work yet. I'll remember it clearly when I've had a chance to consume the actual work, but, um, there were, first of all, I just want to say Audra totally introduced me to the right way to do this. By the way, uh, I was a little, I don't know, worried that if I said, Hey, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you do. Could you tell me about it? That it would be offensive or something. Uh, it is absolutely not, and I watched Audrey do it like so many times that I started doing it, and I was like, "This is awesome," you know, and and there were more than once. Like I walked up to someone and I said, "Hi," you know, tell would you mind telling me about what you do? And and they're like, "No, this is me, and I do this," and blah blah blah, you know, and. You get, this, you get this really exciting experience with it of, of learning to understand something through the eyes of the person that created it. You get to see what they're uh, like.
1: It's awesome. This one girl that I talked to, she was uh, probably a few years younger than me, and she had this uh, webcomic she'd been doing for years, and she finally you know, compiled it into a, a book that she was selling. And uh, she was explaining why she makes her content free and available for free online and keeps it there and why she believes that, that's the right thing to do. And, and I I said, you know, as a um, consumer, I feel like I'm obliged to, you know, I have a a duty to pay for the things that I like the most and, and come out and and buy it and and show you that I appreciate it. And she's like, man, that means a lot. And uh, so, you know, I could go to the web and just get all her stuff, but I, I bought the book and it was like, I don't know, 20 bucks or something. And we talked for 20 minutes and she signed it and then she drew a sketch in it for me and everything and told me about the characters. And, you know, she was so passionate about it. It just, it got me really interested in it. And man, that kind of thing, you just can't recreate.
2: There was, uh, and also if you're coming new to that, it's it's really kind of a cool experience because you can, you can get introduced to the series in a way that, is not possible by anybody else but the person who created it. Yes. They can tell you yes. exactly the frame of mind. Yes. They can tell you things that may or may not be in the canon that are going to be. There's, Think of this person like this, because this is how I write them or draw them or they do them or whatever. Inn. Yeah. And you can get, there is there is a, a type of all access that only exists in that singular vision environment. Like this has been created entirely in this person's mind. It has been expressed entirely by this person, and here you go. The you author. have yeah. you have the entire access. What do you want to know? And there's you cannot replicate that experience. You know.
0: You know I, I have to I have to give kudos to a couple of those people. And Audra and I talked about this uh, at one point when we were hanging out. I think you know I I've seen there are a lot of people who who release their work for free. The model of. Uh, give it away to create value in the IP is a, is a solid model now, and it's used a lot. But I see a lot of people who kind of cut the middle. Like I, I see this in academia a lot, you know, when people are like, that's a new experience for me, but where people are like, people should give my work away. People, somebody should pay me. Like I want my work to be free, but I want to be paid. And what I really want is for somebody to step in and, and take that risk for me. And, and I have to say that where I've always, something's always bothered me a little bit about that. And I didn't really understand it until we were at Comic-Con and and you see this, this woman who has paid her cash to buy an expensive booth at Comic-Con is there doing her thing has self-published this stuff. It's good, by the way, it's not, it's not weird stuff that nobody ever wants. And that's why she just chose this route. She's standing there with a book. When she meets you and tells you about it, she says, hey, I just want you to know that all of this is available online if you'd like to go read it. It's, it's completely out there.
2: Right there, even if I liked it or, you know, like half liked it, I'd be, yeah, uh, give me
0: one of your books.
1: Yeah. You know? I know. I know. And she didn't,
0: no hard sell, and no nothing.
1: Like in big letters in the front on the the back of the title page, it says, you know, license under creative commons and
4: all that.
2: Like the Christopher Pike version of, uh, of, of selling. It's like, Hey, you can settle for this. You can have it another way. I'm telling you, you can do better. Here you go.
0: Yeah. These are the heroes. Of true creative commons they know what it means it's not i want my stuff to be free i want somebody to pay me anyway i want somebody else to just make this happen this is a person she's already invested all the cash she's already out she if, if you don't buy that book she's it costs gonna do her. it anyway yes yeah and she's literally taking all the risk herself and saying i do this because i believe this is the way the world ought to be what was she doing by the way uh, well, she had two. Now I feel bad. I
1: have to go find them. I'm sorry. We, I can't Well, I honored
0: you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what was her name? What was she doing? I don't remember. Well, yeah, because there were like yeah. 30 things we no, came I'm back right. with. I, just, yeah.
2: I normally don't do that to other people. <laughs>
3: <So> <laughs> <laughs> I outed you on, <laughs> on the It's name.
2: always the other way around.
3: It's
0: oh, always the other way around. I get it. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel bad because, I, and I think we'll have to announce that in some of the future because she deserves it. Really good work. Really cool stuff. Uh, of course, we bought it. And uh, anyway, I just wanted to point out I think those people are the heroes of that when you talk about the brave new world that is creative commons and 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 finding ways to allow use of material, uh, you know Henry Jenkins is a big fan of understanding that fandom involves activity and and consuming is not a passive thing and all of this and and we 're seeing this new world of of being interactive in ways that i 'm not talking about computers or websites or crap like that i 'm talking about you know people being involved with the intellectual property. These are the heroes of it, like these people sitting there taking the risk at their own. on. I'll shut up about it, but I just want no, to say, no, I that. think it's awesome. <laughs> well, I, mean, I you, agree with you. Did you get any audio of
2: of stuff while you were there, or get to record anything? Or we anything didn't like record that?
0: on the floor because we were too busy just having a good time. Nice, um, but uh, we did. Uh, we did record a little segment with uh, at the meetup. We did a meetup on Friday night.
1: Uh, d- Yeah. Yep. Friday night. I was going to say, was it Saturday? Yeah. Friday night at Buster's Beach House with Mm. that that cool little restaurant. Just uh, a short walk down from the con. Yeah.
0: So yeah, if you want to take a listen. Let's do it. Everybody, if I may have your attention, I think we are ready to do a little podcast segment here. Just like last year. First of all, thank you everybody for coming. I know that there are about 5 million things to do at Comic-Con. Which means that whatever you're doing, there are 10 other, well, more like 100 other things that you're missing. So, by choosing to come here, you're missing like 100 other things, which is... Mostly sleep. (laughs) Very, very true. Very true. I can't argue with that. But uh, I'm going to turn this over to Audra first off because I know she has a question to ask everyone.
1: Oh, we got lots of questions, but... Honestly, I, I just can't even wait to hear... I, I need to hear some of the war stories from those of you guys who stayed overnight in line. Yeah. Anything you're willing to share. Because <laughs> that's pretty hardcore.
0: Yes, it is. All
6: right. Well, um, Lady D and I decided to spend the night on the sidewalk out front of the convention center because we really wanted to get into the Firefly 10-year anniversary. Panel. It
1: wasn't even on the grass; it was on the sidewalk. We're
6: at the
4: side, yeah.
6: Oh. Wow. We were right in front of the Door he, so No, It was
4: good that we weren't on the grass because that was further down the line. So yeah.
3: Like
4: <laughs> we went to the Dr.
6: Horrible singalong panel at eight thirty. We got out about ten, 10 o'clock 10-ish, o'clock. 10-ish, right down to the sidewalk, and we were already a hundred people back from the beginning of the line at ten o'clock at night.
4: The first person had had lined up yeah, at you know, eleven o'clock that morning. Whoa.
6: So we had folding canvas chairs, um, uh, some space blankets, mylar plastic blankets, uh, an iPad, some apples, some grapes,
0: <laughs>
6: and, and some good old American guts.
0: And each other. And it rained on you, didn't it? The
6: clock, it started to rain.
0: Uh,
1: did you guys end up getting to know the people around you in line? A yeah. bit. Overnight?
7: A
3: little
7: bit. people directly in front and behind us.
4: Browncoats are the best people
0: there are. Oh yeah, hell yeah.
4: Sears,
6: <laughs> yeah, of um, I think the people behind us, the young couple behind us, they 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 had like they brought nothing as and this far oh. as their first con. Oh my god. They live locally, but they just were like stretched out on the ground on the sidewalk with their you know windbreakers around them. <laughs> No, no special gear of any type. The people in front of us were a little bit more equipped. They had like uh, a quilt, maybe, and um, some food and stuff like that. But so you know, it's raining and we're wrapping ourselves up in our mylar, and the temperature's dropping, and we're getting a little chilly. So we eventually nod off. Two o'clock in the morning or so. About two thirty, we hear all this commotion, and kind of. You know, direct away, and there are flash bulbs going off, and people yelling and screaming and running towards the the south end of the exhibition area. Sure enough, I walk up. I walk up. My shoes are untied; they're all loosened, and I'm you know, <laughs> damp. And Joss Whedon's here joss whedon's in the middle of a throng of about 60 people um you know put his arms around people and, and taking pictures and signing autographs signing people's badges at
1: 2 30 uh, in the morning that's awesome 45
6: actually so, <laughs>
7: and he was there for hours he walked the entire, the entire line. line the entire length of the, front
6: of the Expo side taking his time, just surrounded by a cordon of, you know, fans, taking pictures with everybody, signing autographs, talking. Wow. Um, I, I, was, I mean, what did you say? It was, it was phenomenal. It made the entire thing worth it. I would've waited there two nights for that. <laughs> so,
8: was,
6: that's the very first time we had ever waited overnight anywhere for anything in our lives.
4: <laughs> and imagine, this is the writer and director
7: of the... Film
6: of all time. And he's on the sidewalk. And he's you know? on the sidewalk with us at
7: three in the morning with a red with a, red, with a red Bull in
6: his hand. You just come from the um, the um, uh, party. Nice. Oh, where
7: Robin and Soul told us that he dances
0: like
4: a
6: freak. Yeah, he danced the night away over there. Good to know. Good
0: to know. <laughs>
1: In, in a, like a good freak? A good,
6: yeah, a good freak. Yes, good yeah. One. Yeah.
1: Super freaky.
6: So he, he hit everybody all the way up, stopped, uh, you know, pictures, everything with everybody. And um, he, he left. I think he, he maybe had a, a car pick him up at the, at the north end of the Expo Center. But um, sure enough, about an hour later, uh, Jose Molina shows up. He's one of the producers and writers of Firefly. Yeah, yeah. He wrote Trash. He was a producer. He's worked on Castle. He was like, you know what? I can see you guys from my hotel window. He's, he was across the street in the hotel. He's like...
4: We're reading his tweets saying, we can. I can see you. Why am I not down there with you? Frack it, I'm coming down
3: there. <laughs>
6: he shows up and he walks the line and he's talking to everybody. And I mean, and I, I said to him, you know, this is why you have these people out here. Camped overnight for you for the for this show because of people like you and people like Joss, you know the fans realize that this is as important to you as it is to us, and that's why we're here. And
3: you know.
4: And then of course there was the panel, which in, uh, this is my fifth Comic Con, best panel I've ever attended. Uh, just the, the emotion and. I mean, we were all in tears at the end. Kitty, uh, Dawn,
6: me, and yeah. me, Joss, Nathan, Nathan Andy,
3: yeah.
6: too. Uh, they had you know a significant portion of the cast and, and, and some of the uh, the support staff. And uh, you know, one of the last questions they asked Joss was, um, what, what, "What do you?" What do you, what do you what do you think? What, what do you think of the fans, or what, what? What you know? And he just teared up, and was kind of tongue-tied, and everybody stood up and gave him this insane standing ovation. <laughs> and uh, when everybody finally died down, he said, "Well, I'd have to be an idiot to to say anything after that." But he then went on to say,
3: <laughs>
6: uh, "How that, How to him?" Firefly is still in the air, it's still flying because of the fans, the fans, ten years later are still there for him and them, and as far as he's concerned, that universe is alive and we all live in it, and because of us, and the, 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 the entire panel gave, you know, the room a standing ovation, and we, of course, returned it. It was probably one of the most... Incredible! Well, c- certainly, the most incredible
1: con uh, moment. Yeah. I'm I'm so glad to hear. I'm so glad to hear that it paid off. That that it was as amazing as everybody hoped. Yeah. And I heard a lot on on Twitter. It was funny because not a lot of tweets were coming out of the Firefly panel. Yeah, it was all jammed. But toward the end of the panel, they all started busting open on the Twitter <laughs> stream, and and you could tell that they were had been backed up. So they were coming in, like, you know, saying things that had happened over the last 45 minutes or whatever. And it was, like, vicariously experiencing it in fast motion. And uh, it was awesome. I mean, it wasn't just people in the room, but celebrities and, you know, the actors and, and people who follow the actors and people, they were retweeting. And everyone was all just pouring on about... How the whole room was in tears, and <laughs> B Kitty's like, Okay, am I the only one who's tearing up here? <laughs> I was like, I don't think so, Barb.
6: If you've ever seen the cat, if the cast you know interact on a panel partially or, or even in interviews and things like that, you know, multiply it times 50, and that's what this panel was. I mean, they had they, had, they played clips, special little clips, they played uh, you know, clips and had they played the, the Jane Hat clip and then. Um, Adam Baldwin, they had him uh, give away a, a Jane hat to one of the, one of the people that asked a question. And, um, you know, they have a lot of stuff like that. But the best thing, for, I think, for everybody that's listening is that, you know, August 11th, evidently, the Science Channel is going to release an hour-long special of this panel
3: oh
1: nice oh nice so, that's great
6: films you know all the reactions they film the audience they so everybody will actually get to probably experience it as well as or better than we did so keep
4: your eyes open for it on the science Channel. yeah
1: and what what was the date on that again august
6: 11 11 supposedly it's going to be it's going to be a august 11th of this year oh okay okay yeah so a couple of months
1: so uh, what about what about you guys who saw Walking Dead today?
9: Um, <laughs> oh, I actually camped out overnight. Came not prepared. I had like two t-shirts. <laughs> um, two t-shirts. B
1: kitty's telling you to vomit. <laughs> no, she's like bleh. <laughs> um,
9: two t-shirts, a uh, pillow that I bought at the airport, and just I was just freezing I I mean I'm coming from like 101 degrees in Michigan and we
0: feel your
5: pain
9: (laughs) and you know I'm like oh my god I am so cold and it is cold yeah where I'm sleeping and then I, like, wake up suddenly and I'm like, it's raining! Because I, like, rolled out of the tent. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, okay. God. And I'm, like, freezing. So I just threw both shirts on and then just rolled, scooped up closer to uh, the people I was hanging with. You know, kind of made some friends in the
1: line. You're doing one giant, like, spoon. Yeah, basically. Like, big spoon, little spoon, little spoon, little spoon, little spoon. A bunch of
0: little people. One per person. One per person, like, 100 people down is the small spoon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah.
9: Uh, I, I got there at like 9.30 I saw D and I didn't see you and uh, just stood in line and actually got hooked up uh, apparently I might get a free video game from these people that I kind of let cut
3: in uh, nice <laughs> uh,
9: we don't do that yeah. so it was a good experience I got in pretty good decent seats and uh, brought my brother with me which he kind of cut in as well, but that's okay. and it was worth the wait for all those people that love Walking Dead. It was a good trailer, a good
1: panel. Have you guys both been into the comic and everything like from the beginning, or did Holly get you into it?
10: Actually, our mom did. Actually, our, yeah, our mom <laughs> got me into the comic like like real early, like from issue one, and then you know those big big books come in like they come in like what 12 an issue yeah the the
1: trade, trade the trade paperbacks
10: yeah I, I started reading all of those and then um, I think last year I bought the, the Comporium which has all of those comic books light. and um yeah, I, I got into the show after reading the comic book nice it was good and she got into it too I guess uh, she really uh, don't really know anything about that she might have got into it before my mom did. My mom got really hooked into zombies, and I'm no. I'm a zombie buff myself.
9: Basically, when my mom was done reading it, I'm like, Oh, what's
6: this? <laughs> what a cool mom!
10: It yeah.
9: is. She got us hooked on horror.
10: And we're early.
1: That's funny.
9: Horror and sci-fi.
1: Well, I remember Holly. I remember running into you a year ago at Comic Con, like randomly right in the, out hallway. On the pier. No, it was two years ago. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was two years. That's
0: right. No, no, no. Last year when we were in uh, waiting in line to buy this year's tickets out here on the pier, we saw you.
1: Yeah, we yeah. We she's there, She's talking about the one I'm talking about, which oh, was two uh. years ago in uh, in the building or whatever. And she's like, there's this awesome wow. comic. It's called Walking Dead. It's really good. It's going to be big. <laughs> you got to come check it out. And I was like, oh, man, zomb- I don't know. Zombies. Eh. And she's yeah, like, no, whoops. no. She's like, seriously, I read it. It's, it's, it's going to be great. Right. Yeah, she's... And,
9: and look at it now. It's in Hall H after like I know.
1: <laughs> I know. Totally. You knew Walking Dead was cool before it was cool. to know it was cool.
3: <laughs>
9: They actually... The, um, the 100th uh, issue just came out this week or so.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. They mentioned that in the panel that we were at. Dead
10: Escape. Uh, you get a free, copy, you get a free copy, of copy of that. Nice. But it's like 75 bucks.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I heard.
1: I, I heard that there there weren't enough people who wanted to be survivors, so they were giving people like $25 gift certificates or something to be a survivor. Oh,
9: that's
1: awesome. You guys did that? No, no. not yet.
0: Oh, okay. Hey, if anybody goes, I know Nerdist has, I mean, has a uh, discount code. I think it's just Nerdist, but there's a discount code for that. Yeah, I think I heard about
1: it. Yeah, yeah. And if anyone wants to buy the Walking Dead uh, trade paperbacks... They have them at the, uh, the comic, comic book, book
0: legal defense fund. Yeah, the signed. comic book
1: legal defense fund. If you yeah. look them up in the exhibit stuff, you know, they have all kinds of cool stuff. But yeah, everything they sell is signed, and it's all by it's all by um, artists and writers and artists who have been challenged or banned or, or they all censored donate their or, stuff
0: and sign it, and then they keep the proceeds for uh, yeah the defense fund.
1: Yeah, it's cool. You can get a T-shirt that says "I read banned comics" and. Some of them are kind of like adult, you know, but a lot of them, a lot of them were banned or challenged for really like surprising reasons, you know. They just
9: like, finally took off the Archie uh, comic code. We got the Archie yeah,
1: code. right. Really? Yeah. Wow.
9: Like it was like approved that 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 sticker that they had to pay the company says so like, oh it's approved for everyone to read, but it's Archie. Come
1: on. <laughs> yeah, right.
9: So well. Oh, oh um, well,
1: we weren't supposed to see Walking Dead, but we had we sat through a bunch of other panels. And at the Big Bang Theory one, they gave uh, free, um, for some of the people that uh, asked questions, a free trip to space. Trip A trip
10: to. Sp- like, they gave away more than one trip to space? Just one. Just one. Just one. Oh. Just one. That's amazing. The golden ticket style, Willy
0: Wonka. Nice.
9: So some lady's about to go to, go to space. That's awesome. Soon, uh, uh, Probably
0: Virgin Galactic, right? They're the first oh, doing this it. This
10: is actually uh, a company called Lennox. Lennox.
0: They're going to send him up in Russia.
1: <laughs>
3: <They're> gonna, like, <laughs> <laughs> that, <laughs> that would be cool. A or
9: something. Yeah. Takes off, and uh, you're with the astronaut, and you and him in the cockpit,
10: Just that's it. That's it. Huh. And somehow you're going to glide back to Earth. When, no, but the astronaut's because, like...
1: With a parachute. They, <laughs> the guy's strapped to your
10: back. They used a Microsoft Flight Simulator to do the presentation on it. It looked like... Yeah, it looked like... And it, it looked like they
0: were you like, huh down,
10: like, uh, I'm just gliding in. Like, like yeah, they're going to glide in right into a mountain. I don't
9: know, the astronaut said...
0: If they let me fly Microsoft Flight Simulator. <laughs> I'm kidding.
9: The astronaut said it doesn't, it doesn't go as fast as a regular
10: shuttle. They say it goes 25, but this Jeez, one goes 3.
7: Three. Three G. Uh, 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 yeah. Three Yeah. it kind of iffy. It's like going yeah, to the, the top the of atmosphere. Take, take a well. take the atmosphere, and then it's going to arc space. back down, where they will just barely skim the edge of the
0: top. It's a suborbital flight, yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, can we go around and hear something from everybody? Like... Like, what was your favorite moment of the con, or did you see something really shocking or really embarrassing? Or okay, is it? It's Harrison, right? Yes. All right, Harrison. Uh, Resident Evil
10: Retribution panel. If was there, this this guy, this creepy-looking guy in a Buzz Lightyear costume, walked up and asked the most ridiculous question I've heard <laughs> at the con. He's talking. He's like Michelle Rodriguez. I like you. I like you. You're pretty. Like. Would you ever have sex with me? And she literally broke out and, and told her, embarrassing story. this guy looked... She's like, I knew this guy looked just like you. He was a creep. And, and, <laughs> and, and the security grabs him, you basically scores them out of there quickly before you can get an answer. And the meteorator, Ralph Garman, uh, says like, "Yeah, there's your answer, buddy." No. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like.
0: It happens every year. There's all yeah. We, somebody that wants to do that We got our first. There are fewer of them. It seems like this year, but we we heard our first in. Uh, I can't remember what it was. It was pretty laid back, though. The guy wasn't wasn't a nut like that. It was just a, you know...
1: Oh, was it to Angelina Jolie?
0: When That was last year. I'm talking about this year. It's like, uh, you know, it's the thing where the person is going to ask a question, and then they realize all of a sudden that they're actually one on one talking to somebody, and it kind of flip out, you know? Oh,
1: the guy today, yeah. It happens every He's year. Like, My first question is something I thought of. And then this long space, and everyone just kind of laughed, you know. And he's like, You're "I like, hope Aww. so," you know. Yeah, the guy was like falling apart.
0: It happens. I,
1: yeah. I want to know the guy who said that to Michelle Rodriguez. They're supposed to ask like the the what? person. The person says, "What's your question?" I want to know what did he say his question was going to be.
10: Question was, but when he came, I was like, "Oh, oh crap! I forgot what I said." And the top of his head, he said that. Wow. And that's something the worst in Hall H today. It was weird. You got Stevie Young being embarrassed on the Walking Dead panel. Uh, Big Bang is getting uh, death matches for for nerd uh, nerd, nerd, death, death
8: nerd match nerd, uh, nerd duels to the death or something. I don't know. Most, most the whole, of the questions were done by eight year olds. Yes, and, a lot a lot of kids. Oh well.
1: Eight year olds, dude. What about Don? What did you do?
11: Well, I at dawn I joined,
3: um, <laughs> ben
11: and Lady D. I got here about 5:30 in the morning, and so I got to go do Firefly, but um, which was amazing. But um, Connor A.Z. is here, and so, Woohoo. Um, it
0: was good I, to meet him, by the way.
11: I've I've had fun. This is the first time we've been at a con, and we've actually done things together <laughs> at a con. And so last night, we were with um, Lady Dean and Top Gun, and we did um, Dr. Horrible's Sing-Along Blog last night. And then uh, today, Connor and I went to the Falling Skies panel, which Will Wheaton moderated. And
1: nice.
3: Nice.
11: He was a great moderator. So I've enjoyed... It. Be doing con things with him. Usually, we go to a con and we kind of go our separate ways. So that's been kind of fun to have some uh, mommy and me time together. And
1: <laughs> I'm sure that's what he calls it.
11: <laughs> that, that, that actually is what we call it. Oh
1: mommy
11: and
1: me. Oh, that's nice.
11: Um, so that's been fun. But Firefly, I cried too, and, and you know, oh, yeah. uh, all through that panel, it was. I just want to. My one thing I want to say about the Firefly panel was. How exciting! It, I'm gonna cry if I talk about it. But we were so excited to be there for us, and that really showed. <laughs> I'm gonna cry. I'm going to look at it. I'm gonna cry. That was just really cool to see that in that in that expression in everyone's face up there. That they were just so excited to be there, and so that that's what part of it made it so cool. Um, lots of fun.
1: That's awesome. Well, I know, uh, like, Amy, I know some of you guys um, aren't at the con. Like, you're here in town for the meetup. Yeah. And you're not doing the con. What are you doing while you're in town besides
12: this? I drove down from L.A. about 1130 today, and I walked around the Gaslamp District. Um, There are tons of stuff going on. I was by the Hard Rock, and they roll out this meat counter.
3: Right.
1: Is that a euphemism? No no, it's
12: like one of those like meat counters, and they're giving away body parts, like the hands and feet, and they're wrapped in cellophane. Oh,
8: they're pastries.
12: Yeah, <laughs> and they had to close down the street because there was like this rush to these people trying to get like hands and feet wrapped up in these like little meat counters.
1: They were, the thing. wait, they were like, oh, I think I saw those. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like. Uh Wait, was it edible? Was it actual food? I or? Yeah, they were edible. But,
6: they were life-sized. Right? Yeah,
1: I, I saw people posing with them on those styrofoam platters that yes. you get like ground beef on with like the, the wrap over it, the clear wrap. Yeah, yeah. And they were like holding it up to the camera.
12: I, I came with the, like, one person of getting one of
1: those.
12: <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm like, I want my foot! <laughs> But I actually spent the day at um, Zachary Levi's Nerd HQ. Nice, nice, I saw some of your tweets. Uh, the Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro panel there. Nice. The most surreal part of that was I was in the bar area, and within like two feet of me, Zachary Levi walks by, and he has that, that weird facial stuff. He's doing Thor 2 right now, so he has like a weird face.
1: Uh, facial hair-like structure, <laughs> then like Thomas Riker.
12: <laughs> half, half a minute later, Larry King walks by. <laughs> 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 and he's
7: yeah, this is the head and suspenders. He's, a, he's <laughs> his own bobblehead. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, exactly I just
12: hold this impromptu interview like two feet in front of me for fifteen minutes, and I was like, "This is the weirdest day I've ever had."
1: That's <laughs> yeah. There was a panel today where Larry King was interviewing the guy who did the voice of Optimus Prime. So that yeah. must have been.
12: It, it, it was even though I have, didn't have the con experience. In the convention center, the outside everything else going on is just as fun. So
1: Oh yeah, the whole city transforms. Um uh, Amanda and Jim, have you guys seen any of the, the gas lamp
12: at all? Uh, no, we've mainly just been hanging out around uh, this area like Seaside.
8: Yeah. Seaport Village. Yeah, yeah whatever it's called. But um, we hooked up with Amy and Trish earlier uh, before the dinner, and uh, at Trish's hotel, we actually got to see like
12: a Tam O'Penniquet and Michael Trucco, like eating lunch with us. <laughs> <ladies. laughs>
1: That's awesome. Stalker. Stalker.
12: Oh, that was Trish.
8: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Trish, you've been doing, you've been doing like uh, extra con stuff, right? Like, I've done Nerd
8: HQ. Yeah. Um, I've ridden in my hotel elevator with Michael Truco.
0: Nice. <laughs>
8: Danny, I had a nice conversation with Danny Pudi. Um, nice. From yeah, yeah. I was wearing yesterday a t-shirt.
1: Was it the Greendale one or the... Oh yeah look- Oh yeah I saw that It was awesome and, Ernie, Troy and,
8: and I got in the elevator And he got in the same time I didn't realize who it was And he said, hey, i like your shirt And I turned to look at him Just to say thanks Because I'd gotten a lot of compliments On the shirt yesterday And realized um, You're on my shirt <laughs> <laughs> And he was really really nice He's like oh I really like your shirt Did you make it I said no I got it from T. Fury And he was really cool so, yeah.
1: That is awesome.
8: That was uh, pretty cool, but yeah, Nerd HQ is really fun. It's, really fun.
0: it's a pretty small venue inside, right? It's
12: a small venue. All of the proceeds for the panels are mm-hmm. going to Operation Smile. Nice. Like they're twenty dollars tickets. It's a very intimate space. It's like less than three hundred people, and you get a whole hour. You can ask. Put whatever you want to to the oh. panelists. It's really fun. So if you can't get into, say, the firefly panel, they had Nathan Fillion and um
3: Adam Baldwin, Adam Baldwin Sheldon show, Sheldon show Sheldon up,
12: too. and Zachary Levi kind of moderates it. But it's just super awesome to have that in addition to the con. You
8: can go and do that. Yeah. The box.
1: that is awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Raul!
8: Hello. What? Well, uh, one of the things that jumped out the most for me was uh, the Walking Dead panel, where um, the the actress for Lori, uh, her name is Sarah, I believe. She actually um, she was discussing the whole issue with her character being such an crazy woman, and uh, that was quite awesome. Because she even got a little bit personal at, at the end of her, her what she was saying. She was at the grocery store once and. With her 12-year-old girl, and a a guy came up to her saying, "How could she do that and be a (laughs) homebreaker?"
3: Because
8: everyone's so upset. Wow,
3: it's
9: a movie. (laughs) 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 Wow.
8: She even got a little personal and explained that she's a nice lady. (laughs) Portraying this. I'm not a homebreaker. Homebreaker, yeah. (laughs) I'm just portraying a homebreaker. I'm not.
1: I can, I can totally see, like, some of the, the real basic confusion. Because, you know, when I, I saw random actors, yeah, yeah, you see their face. Like, we saw um, Mark Christopher Lawrence today just going down the escalator by us. And the first thing that popped in my big head, I wanted to Chuck. be like, Big Mike. But I'm like, okay, he's not Big Mike, you know. And I, you know, couldn't get it out, articulate it in time. So I was just like, hey, we're big fans, you know. He's like, thank you. But to actually go up to someone and start yelling at them for what their character did, that's a little...
8: It's a little bit extreme, but yeah. Yeah, that's like... (laughs) That's
1: like four steps beyond.
8: (laughs) But uh, everything else... Yeah, it's been great. I I got lucky to be... uh I got online around uh, 8 in the morning, got a bit late, but uh, I was able to get into the Big Mike Perry panel and Walking Dead, which is usually not the case. Last year, I got online at 9 o'clock in the morning, and I was able to get into Ballroom 20 at 5 p.m. (laughs) Wow. Wow. But, I don't know, it's just kind of like it, I guess.
1: So, uh, let's see, Trish, Andy? (laughs) What have you been up to?
6: Well, it was
2: exciting. Uh, Well, other than being in the same room as Summer Glau, Legend of Goropana was a big highlight for me. Nice. Because they did did a live table read, and they sort of showed slides from the show, and they had all of the voice actresses there, so they did scenes from all the episodes, and then at the end, they did what they called a walla, which is when they record the audience for like a crowd sound effect. So it's going to be really cool because when I watch the show and there's like an arena scene, I'm going to know my voice is in there. It's going to be so awesome. I can't wait to see it. It's
1: called a walla, you said? That's
2: what, that's what their voice director
3: uses. They use that's
1: that's cool. I didn't know there was actually a term Me for either. that. I guess there, there has to be, right? Oh. <laughs> I guess we were too loud.
0: <laughs> well... They just closed the door for anybody who's
1: listening.
7: So, Griper? Um, I had a couple panels that turned out really well. Um, I went to the So Say We All one with Richard Hatch. Yeah, yeah. And Espenson. She is so cool to listen to. One of the gals that is going to be in Blood and Chrome ended up stuck on the freeway with a traffic accident. She never showed up. Uh, Kevin Grazer showed up late because of the same accident but um, they did very little talking and then they turned the whole time over pretty much to Q&A which was really neat
0: that's it awesome
7: Kept lining up and throwing questions out and it was really just free form because they didn't have everybody there so the only thing that came out of that is Blood and Chrome is still an active project (laughs) but they're not saying anything else they
3: don't know there's no
0: money (laughs) there's no plan
7: right it's going to the web they don't know if it's going to straight to dvd they don't know if it's going to be a pilot on the show you know a two hour movie so
0: essentially no change
7: yeah and the sci-fi guy (laughs) there says it's coming out soon Uh, Yeah, (laughs) a guy
1: from Sci-Fi said it's It's coming out soon.
0: As soon as we find, as soon as we find money, as soon as we figure out what it's going to be, and as soon as it gets made,
1: and then cast it, and then
0: shoot it, and then all (laughs) those things.
7: And I, I sat in the um, Stanley's World of Heroes, which was hilarious. They had Stanley, they had several other voice actors, Mark Hamill, Mm. and you got oh yeah the Joker. (laughs) but um that one was mainly stanley's got a youtube channel that is world of heroes and there's going to be like five shows it's kind of in the format of the geek and sundry where you've got several things you can go look at geek psychiatry um they've got one gal going around looking for the biggest geek (laughs) on certain- <laughs> And prescribing him pills, apparently. <laughs>
0: yeah. Stan Lee got some Google money.
7: This is the biggest... Yeah. ...geek, you know. So it, that was a really interesting one on what they're doing. And, you know, pointing you to the YouTube. Nice. And going with that same concept as Geek and Sundry. It was really neat. Um, today it was... Um, I think the best... Oh no, no, yesterday, Masters of the Web, I got to sit and drool over Carl Urban for an hour talking about. The- <laughs> <laughs> and the best thing that came out of that one is Carl said he was a major Judge Stratt fan when he was a kid. He got the script, and it sounds like he read the script before he accepted, he made sure that script did not have Dredd removing that helmet.
0: Well, he does have the jaw for it.
7: Yeah, and... Oh, yes. He, they screened it the other night. Dread does not take that helmet off. Nice. So, it's the only spoiler you get.
0: I don't think that's a spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> that's
7: what we were all hoping for.
0: Yeah, of Dred course.
7: takes
0: that helmet off. Sure. Just like in the I comics. Wanna, I want to
1: sing that song to Carl Urban. You know, uh, you can leave your hat on except it'd be your helmet. <laughs> like, <laughs> Tina Turner style. Oh, yeah. Miss Kitty? You talking
4: to us tonight? Yeah. <laughs>
0: we're, we're, pa- we're past Kitty's bedtime.
4: <laughs> yeah.
0: Mine too. Bedtime. <laughs> Mine too.
4: We're past my bedtime. Mine too. I could enter the zombie walk right now and be fit right in. Hell yes. <laughs> um,
0: uh, What was the question?
4: Uh, Did adult, adult swim, Barbara. <laughs> oh, Yeah. I, I got to wear the cone of shame Oh yes <laughs>
0: This is awesome
4: The hub and I were um, walking through the floor Doing our floor walk And uh, I saw the adult swim booth We had gotten separated Saw the adult swim booth And I texted him I'm by the adult swim booth Come here So after an hour in line We got to go into the, the hurricane booth And you had to catch little flying kitties
1: They're like Yeah they're like little plastic or paper plastic cats
4: candy. Yes you have <laughs> E-locution. Elocution.
0: It's like those money booths that they used to have where you try to grab all the money was around except their kitties. Nice. And you wear a cone of shame and a kitty hat. It
4: was awesome. You had to wear a little kitty outfit, little 3D glasses that really screw up your vision. <laughs> oh, I
5: didn't
0: know that.
5: Plus fur. Plus fake fur. fur,
4: fake fur. Because
5: they put on. 50,000.
4: It was Thursday. It was early. It
5: was, I'm sure, this is the only calm they ever go through. They're
4: like, we're out of kitty ears. Uh, it was through. a finite amount of nerd sweat. Get over it. Yep. <laughs> we Thank ran you. out of kitty
1: ears. Just wear these Merkins on your head.
0: <laughs> Don't worry. They probably didn't rent it from someplace that's had it for 14 years. Hey, that's you're helping me out, Chuck. Oh, no. Yeah, sorry. It's over. It happened already. <laughs>
4: That's a whole lot of kitty on kitty there. <laughs> oh, there was a lot of oh my. food, let me tell you. But, um, so they blow the, the stuff, and if you wear the cone of shame, you're in there for five seconds. Because it's and, easy. And yes, exactly. And it all falls into the cone, and then what, uh, whatever number you get d- determines your prize level. And then, is
1: that like the game where you pick up the floating duck and whatever number is on it? They, <laughs> they give you <laughs> <so> <laughs> blow this line. And
4: <laughs> I scored 14 kitties. And, uh, and I got a certain prize level. And then the hub goes in. He has to wear the kitty fur. Gla- it's hysterical. I got f- posting photos. Stand by. Nice. And uh, he gets in there, and he's so darn tall. He's 6'6". Six, six. He starts picking him off the ceiling. <laughs> he just reaches out and just tick, 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 tick. And the people who are watching the hurricane, but they're going, I bet they changed the rules now. <laughs> Look at that guy. But get this. If you get, there's three, uh, there were like three, uh, kitty heads, it was just the head. The rest were bodies that you captured. There's only <laughs> If you got the head, you got VIP passes to watch Death Clock perform. So, yeah. Yes. On the, yes. So on the Midway. It. On the Midway, which is really cool. It was a neat party that they were having, and it was actually tonight. And we would have got yep. tickets to it. So we're missing Death Clock. <laughs> <gasps> oh, no. But it was cool. Does the hub want
1: to comment? Did-
5: uh, just the... Uh- The mass, the con has gone so big, we've been here since 96, and it's it's just getting larger. There was nothing around the grass besides people, but now there's just so many venues, and they... They buy people's shops for a week, and they just pay $10,000, Where it is, to buy their shop, and they just bring in, you know, sci-fi, whatever, some game and stuff. They, they bought over some guy's shop for Magic the Gathering, they had Magic the Gathering tournaments all weekend long. And you look out, back at the con, and just grasping for them. now there's there's tents for everything now and it's amazing to have all the it's, it's a batman by the
1: uh, yeah we saw we saw the batmobiles display, display yeah, and just, oh we
5: didn't have that before and it's just amazing it's cool. over at restaurants that the grim restaurant we went to that that was kind of neat and it's just amazing how this it's like dragon con is about different hotels right I dragon did. con is like different hotels it's sort of like we're just slowly getting, you know you're taking over different venues and different, different restaurants and Hopefully, in 2015, we'll get the money and make it bigger so we can actually breathe. Because a griper was griping about
3: <laughs>
5: ramming people and not in a good way. They're knocking me over. And you go by any booth, they give me free stuff, and they will, security will stop you because people are trampling other people. Yep. Yeah. You get it's true. swag of a T-shirt or a hat or keychain, and it just gets unruly on the floor. I was
1: starting to wonder if my backpack had a sign on it that was like, <laughs> shove me, because people were like... <laughs>
5: well, you already gave it the fright. You showed me how it feels like to be your height. Well, six yeah. six. I never had but I'll try a guy behind my, my uh, hub, sit, kneel down for a little bit, and it's having some con guy reeling your neck. He just gave me the creeps. It's like, I'm so tall, I don't have that problem. And I
1: Like, people stand in line, and when you're short, your people... Hub's over there. He's 6'6", <laughs> the and he's got
5: a pink backpack. It's easy to find the hub,
0: but... Man, he had the willies for about five minutes after Roger did that to him. was <laughs> <laughs> <Roger's> like, <laughs> 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 like... don't breathe on my neck. Yeah,
5: I don't have the problem with bar houses. You know, you walk by people, and you have the con smell. <laughs> oh. Uh- I never had the problem. You know, me and Chuck are tall, so we didn't. Never- <laughs> <laughs> but man... Yeah, those
1: smells are just- just
4: unnatural.
0: Yeah, we're starting to get a little second day con smell. Yeah. It's, it's showing it's, it's,
5: us. They're getting ready.
0: Yeah. You know,
4: it's, it's, not, oh, it's not exceedingly pervasive. I mean,
0: no, it wasn't that bad. It's
4: not that bad, yeah. you know, but every now and then, you know, about your third day into the con, it's
0: somebody walks by and they got the AOE going, <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh. You know, you,
4: it's, it's something that you're expecting. You do expect a, a certain amount of jostling, but um, for the most part, it, it's it's kind of an unspoken agreement you know this is what it is this is how big it's getting uh you gotta roll with it it's
1: getting speaking of rolls it's getting so big that there's been a run on toilet paper in like every bathroom you have to like look in and see like is okay all right all right i found the one that has toilet paper still a spare spare.
4: But, uh, <laughs> but yeah it does it it does <clears throat> I can tell you. Check the blogs. They all have little lists of stuff that you need. Yep. You know, go to the go to the sites and take it seriously. I mean, it, it, often it's posted as a joke, but do take it seriously because it may save your life one
0: day. Yeah, we were kidding about this. This is as close as we were joking on F this week earlier this week about how I'm not a big fan of camping. This is as close as I get to camping. I actually like pack food in, and you bring your stuff with you, and everything. Closest I'll ever get.
1: Oh, Brendan's here. Did yes. you want us? Uh,
10: well, I'm not really here for the con. I because <laughs> their system's wacky and they, they have enough people that they. It happens. The customer service is like, yeah, okay. But, you know. I came here specifically for the meetup. So
3: oh,
1: that's awesome. I am so glad you're here. It's awesome. We had a cool conversation. Yeah. He's got this sweet shirt on. It's a, Love that shirt. it's a doctor who TARDIS with a, my little pony in front of it, like an animated. Oh, are those angel statues yeah. of ponies? Look I didn't see those
10: ponies as the oh. angels. Yeah. Oh.
0: Hell yes.
1: And, and the pony has uh, just a collar and a tie on it. And it has like David Tennant hair. It's, it's like the David Tennant who pony blue eyes. And it's holding the, uh, the tenant screwdriver in its mouth. And it has this kind of fierce, look with its brow furrowed and everything and it says Dr. Hooves on it W-H-O-O-V-E-S
0: You said that they actually make appearance in the show right?
10: Um, one of the websites out there Equestria Daily it's a Big Pony fan site and <laughs> It's awesome Not that I've gone there too often
1: <laughs> Brendan are you a brony? Yes I am they <laughs> Cool, cool. <laughs> um,
10: they've, they've, uh, they've taken clips from the show and they've done freeze frames and they've identified at least four other doctors in the show. They all have the same cutie mark, and but they, you know, clearly they've got the white hair or the scarf or some kind of identifying mark that identifies them as one of the previous doctors. It's pretty cool. Right?
1: Apparently that My Little Pony show is super geeky and has all kinds of cool references and so, Sean's watching it with Michaela, Brendan's watching it with his kids, and now I think I may have to start watching it. I'm going to have to like, kidnap a small child to watch with me. So.
0: <laughs> you need no excuses. Just watch. Just watch it. <laughs> well, hey, I can see everybody's eyes drooping as are mine because it's late and everybody's thinking about whatever line <laughs> they want to hop in early in the morning. So we'll wrap up. I just wanted to say thanks again for everybody coming out. I know it's, it's tough, at the con, and it's really, really cool. It's great to see everybody again, and hopefully we'll see you back next year again. Yeah, the meetup was really fun. It meant a lot that uh, people were able to come out and hang out. And there were a number of people who came to the meetup again this year uh, who didn't come to the con, just came down from nearby. I know, that
1: always blows me away that people will come in from out of town just for that brief, you know, hang out, have a meal, chat with friends and and GWC, you know, people who share your interests and stuff and then head back home. Some of them multi-hour drives and
0: I was, uh, you know, I was getting tired, and I've been, I've been managing my sleep a little better. Uh, it's making me more of a happy human being, which is good. Uh, and, and find I, lack
2: of sleep makes me less a human being, and not even happy, <laughs> just less a human. You know? Yeah,
0: exactly. And I feel like I'm more for taking care of it, you know, now. <laughs> but uh, it, it works both ways, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, I felt like uh, even through that. I uh I had some really cool discussions there and uh it, it was very much an important part of the con experience for for me.
2: Oh yeah. no, that's cool. But and it's cool you get to sit down with, you know and and record some stuff and everything <laughs> while you're out there.
0: We saw a couple of cool panels though. Uh we saw the uh we did uh, even though we spent so much time on the floor and had had fun with that. We saw the Archer panel. First oh of all. my
1: god, that was so funny! Oh, they, they did sh- a screening of the the first episode from the new season that'll be shown here pretty soon.
0: And it's everything you would hope it would be. Last season was amazing, and they're continuing it. Let me just and put it that
2: way. I I have I was very skeptical that they could go up and take it in the same direction. <laughs> oh man, this was <laughs> and me too. Do. It was like they the best
3: Archer
1: I've it. ever seen. It I mean, was.
2: It's it's sort of like Venture Brothers was. They don't have a bad series. <laughs> uh, they just keep getting better and different and weird and everything. I I I love that the characters are all completely dysfunctional and you love them all, you know. The well,
1: panel was really entertaining. It was. They had uh H. John Benjamin, of course, who Archer. voices Archer, uh Aisha Tyler, um Awesome. Crap! The guy who plays Cyril Figgis, um, <laughs> Chris Parnell. Chris Parnell. Cyril. And then Amber. Figgis. Uh,
0: Cyril Figgis. <laughs>
1: What's your name? Of voices, Pam. Amber Nash. Amber Nash.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And they were talking about their favorite lines from any character in the Amber show. Nash oh, Nash every single Pam. Pam. Okay. Every single person on the panel said their favorite line was a Pam line. And they went down the row and, and said, you know, like, did an impression of the line. They were quite,
0: they were different Pam quotes, but whenever somebody would say on, oh, everybody would be like, oh, yeah, I could see that. I can see
1: yeah.
0: that. <laughs> Sorry about your homie, homie.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah Aisha Tyler's was was drop that? A deuce, dear. made it kind of hard to drop a deuce. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was Aisha Tyler's favorite one, I think.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I think my favorite ones are probably Carol. Or Cheryl, or whatever she goes by, but right. yeah, they
1: they were calling her Carol Cheryl, I think. Yeah,
2: yeah, because yeah. she originally changed it so Ar- Archer would notice her and like her, and then
1: Crystal. She changes it all the time. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, it changes all the time. And then you find out she's a railroad heiress and she has her own cars, and you know, Madame hooked up her personal cars. You know, <laughs> and uh, you realize she's just that dysfunctional and literally crazy that she works for crisis and, and she's been <laughs> institutionalized several times and she's crazy. I, I love her.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know the fun thing is is that the in the New arc the characters continue those paths that you love. Nice. And and you still it just deepens them as they go. I think on the panel I I was, you know, and and listening to her on uh, Aisha Towers podcast which you should check out if you haven't. Um back a long time she had uh, Amber Nash, and gosh, who is it that plays Cheryl, Carol, Cristal?
1: I can't remember. I them. feel dumb. Hang yeah. On, I'll look it up real quick.
0: Um. Anyway, they she had both of them on. The The funny thing is that Amber Nash is actually, I think, the most like her character. In some ways, I mean, she's not a, a, drift, a professional drifter, amateur drifter slash uh, fighter, cage match fighter. But, <laughs> Fight club.
2: But remember. she
0: does have an attitude that's similar to Pam's, you know, uh, each John Benjamin, of course looks nothing like Archer as I always say who does. Uh, but, but is him pretty much sounds like him when he talks normally. It's not, I don't think it's a big voice he puts on unless he's doing it all the time. And, uh, uh, Aisha Tyler, of course, you know, not like Lana in important ways, but, If you've
2: ever seen her stand up, she has that same kind of attitude. Yes.
1: (laughs) Judy Greer. Yeah.
0: Judy Greer. Of course. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Cheryl. On the Wikipedia page, she's listed as Cheryl slash Carol Tunt.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And uh, yeah. Anyway, really fun panel. Uh, Good time and super looking forward to the next season. Uh, We saw the robot chicken panel.
1: With Seth Green. With Seth Green. Yeah, Yeah. That was awesome.
0: Who is amazing. Yes, he is. I'm a huge Seth Green fan because I just love the fact that for the longest time, and before it was kind of a thing like it's becoming now, he was doing his own thing, taking his cash and creating things because he just loves to create things. And if he can make a market for it, that's even better, but he just enjoys making things. I
1: hope Robot Chicken wins an Emmy.
0: That would be fun. Since they've
1: been nominated for uh, Best Animated Short. Well,
2: you got a lot of material with that, and it is it is classic in its it execution. Is.
0: They showed clip. They showed a couple of clips from the new season. Oh my god! The it was funniest awesome. one was the first one, I think, which starts out with some e- <laughs>
1: go, go gadget.
0: Some oh yeah, some executives that are talking about. Well, you know, we should either uh, we should. E- oh my god! We should either do porn or start a coffee company. We I still don't haven't us. decided
1: if our company is going to be. Uh, pornography studio or coffee
0: and and then it gets forward to this point where they're like they they're gonna do a photo shoot and, Sexy balls, coffee. Yeah, yeah they have this your,
1: mermaid sitting there like in this mermaid costume. And or, and,
0: and they're like, uh, it gets to the point where, I, I don't tell this very well, but it gets to the point where they're like, well, we can't do the porn. We're going to have to do the coffee, because for some reason, I they're forget. They're
1: like, well, we've already got her here. Just do the shoot anyway. And the camera goes up do like- Do both. Do both. And instead of having like one fishtail, she has these two tails, it's and she split. spreads them apart like legs, and the so camera like, zooms in like right, like right on her crotch. do the
0: dirty one first. Do the porn first. And he's like, okay. You know, and, <laughs> and they're like, pa-ching, and they take a picture and a light falls on her and kills her. <laughs> and, and they're like, crap. Well, we'll just crop it and use it anyway. And he goes, Aww.
1: They're like, in her honor. Yeah, and, then and they, they show this circle forming around her face with the like Starbucks the two fish tails on either side. It's the Starbucks logo.
0: And if you look, it's the Starbucks logo. It's <laughs> the Starbucks
1: logo. logo. <laughs> nice. and, Mermaid porn.
0: And you're like... There's this. It was so. It happened so fast. That's why you know?
1: Noah was denying the existence of mermaids a couple of weeks ago. They knew about this coming up. And, yeah. Oh my God!
0: We just. Watched. Seth Green's gonna blow this out of the water. We gotta. We gotta get ahead of it. We like saw it, and there was it, it happened so fast. There was this like five second pause where you're like, "That's the Starbucks logo." And then, ah! and then
1: we all just died. Just it was lost so it completely. Funny.
0: Lost it, you know, with everybody else there and big applause and everything, and uh, there was just so and much. Seth Green went. <gasps>
3: Okay, good. Oh, thank God.
0: (laughs) They did the, all of them, including Seth Green, uh, did the entire panel just nonchalantly wearing uh su- red clown surgical noses hats and and and, and <laughs> red clown noses. I think there
1: was some event going on. I can't remember what it was, but I think it was related to the event.
0: Whatever it was, it was it was really funny. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they just yeah. did their whole panel that way, oh, oh, you know.
1: You know, I think for me at the con, the green bitch <laughs> the single most important sort of uh, event of information or anything that I got out of the con um was the Geek and Sundry panel. Yes. For me, uh, it was just nonstop exciting because basically they just announced all of their new projects and showed clips from upcoming stuff. And Geek and Sundry, as well as the Nerdist channel, are just exploding. I mean, I just, it makes me so proud and I'm so excited. I feel like I'm living like i 'm just honored to be living in a time when there are these new shows that first of all we 've never had a uh, you know media channel like this before on on the internet and have it be considered so legitimate and have so much funding and have all of these shows made for geeks made for people like me and made for you know people like g w c and if oh I, my God, it's just so exciting. And I, I don't know, it just, it almost made me cry with happiness. If I so may, cool. before
0: you talk about some of the things that they announced, because I think we should, and I know you've got some good notes because I saw you taking them like mad the whole time. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, that was the one series of panels that they were back to back that I, I actually, we got there early in the morning and camped a little bit for, we got there, we sure. left at six, got there at seven and we're outside for two, three hours uh, and worth it every bit. Uh, when we uh, I I was excited because, like Audra said, these are, are really turning into a big deal, not just in in themselves, but in the future that they're inspiring and in slightly different ways. You know, uh, Felicia Day has always been a strong production person and and she was able to take that small amount of money, relatively speaking, that that uh, Google and YouTube was granting and turn it into the beginnings of a media empire that she well deserves and that I'm happy to participate in and watch and enjoy. And I, I think it's a beautiful thing. And seeing the new things that they're doing that I'm just going to talk about showed that that's clearly going, continuing in the direction you'd imagine, drawing ever more attention. And this is going to work out for her. And that's a beautiful thing. Nerdist, um, I think on, on the overall, uh, as I've said in the past, I felt like Nerdist had some really creative stuff, but the production the quality of the production was lower than, than geek and sundry at the beginning.
1: He's been doing video, uh, not as long. I mean, Felicia Day has been doing video for a few more years.
0: I think the difference is, is that, uh, just offhandedly, I I think that possibly, uh, Chris Hardwick's strengths are, are a different kind of strength Mm -hmm. than hers. Well,
2: and Felicia Day and Kim Evier are right. Remarkably talented in that area. And it's, I mean, if you're, not, I mean, because when you first start out with that stuff, you don't have that kind of cash you don't have. So you have to rely on the strengths that you have, and that may not be one of his overall... Well,
0: he, I think he's an organizer yeah. more than he is a production person. I mean, yeah. I, I think that, uh, and and it shows in the way that they also are having amazing success, but a different route. You know, for yeah, him, yeah. Uh, Nerdist Industries uh, was recently acquired by Legendary Pictures, and You know, if you worry about that, let me dispel any of that. They showed a kind of a teaser sort of a trailer
1: with a bunch of clips. I called a sizzler
0: reel almost of the new shows coming up.
1: Holy crap!
0: Essentially, take all of the stuff that you loved about his existing work on YouTube with a dose of much more, with much more organization because they can. Bumped the production value to full-on TV quality everywhere. Yeah, they probably
2: gave him a production crew that knew what right. they were doing and yeah. said, all right, now what
0: do you want to do? And let so. me tell you, it is incredible. Yeah. I mean, it is stuff, almost all of it was like, I got to see that. I got to see yeah, that. I got to see that.
1: Yeah, let me give you some and examples. And I just want to
0: say, last of all, I think that he also, uh, both Chris Hardwick and, and uh, Felicia Day, deserve every, as well as their teams and everybody involved, deserve the success they're getting. Thanks. Sorry.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, Nerdist Channel stuff. Um, I think this is a show they've already got. All-Star Celebrity Bowling. But uh-huh. in an upcoming yep. episode, it's going to be Team Nerdist versus Team Doctor Who. Yeah. And it showed Matt Smith and um, I, I think it was Karen Gillum and a, a bunch of people from Doctor Who all play, you know, bowling against uh, Nerdist. Which will be fun. Um, there's going to be a new show with Stephen Hawking. Um, is that a Neil deGrasse Tyson? Is that a different show or no, same? The,
0: I'm pretty sure that what that is, is going to be a video version of star talk, mm-hmm. you know, which um, is really cool.
1: And then Bill Nye, is that a separate?
0: I don't remember. Okay. I think.
1: There's something with Bill Nye. Cause my, my notes are kind of sporadic. I, I love was, Bill
0: Nye. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I do.
1: Yeah. And Danica McKellar is going to have a show on there about math. Uh, aimed at I think it's going to be aimed at girls or at least at young people, but it's a math program. Yeah, she
0: she uh, was on the Nerdist podcast a while back and talked about that. And she's been very big in that world so that I'm sure the show is targeted at at that sort of thing. Cool. Uh, There's the Just Cause, which is a cosplay focused show. Uh, I don't know if you remember, and I'm so bad with the names, but uh, if if you saw the clips from uh, whether you saw the episode, the whole movie or not, but uh, the episode of fans' hope, the movie about Comic Con, mm-hmm. uh,
1: oh th- Morgan's Verloc's movie,
0: right? There were uh, there were two Mass Effect cosplayers in it. Uh, that got a lot of it's in a lot of the clips because you can see they did a shepherd a female shepherd and a a a rex uh with a with a full motion face and everything they had some problems getting it working in the movie you could see i don't know if you saw any of that Mm -hmm. the two of them uh and and her and i think i think both of them though are hosting this show and i thought at first it was when you always worry a little bit when they're like it's going to be a cosplay show you're like it's going to be it's going to be boobs. The whole thing's going to be, look, boobs, you know, which is the kind of, I don't know, the downside of cosplay, not not the boobs. But I don't rather, necessarily think that's going to be no, no. considered downside. I think you would in what I'm saying. It's not the boobs. It's the people that don't aren't interested in anything else, that are there to see skin and don't care about what's going on or what the people are doing or anything. It's all about the skin. And uh, it's not porn. It's cosplay. And yes, it can be sexy, and that's cool. But it's cosplay. Otherwise, it's just porn. You know.
2: Well, what's important is the connection to the character and how well you represent it.
0: Right. And if that's sexy, that's fine. That's what I'm saying. So I, th- you always worry not in the least is this. This is obvious. Think of it like this. This is almost like uh, Mythbusters or 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 make or something, but all about cosplay and props and stuff like that and. Well, if you think about
2: it, it's, it's every bit as complex as like the costuming industry in movies and everything, Hell yes. except that it's more widespread, DIY. Uh, they don't keep the secrets, you know, like the movie industry does. And it's on a much lower budget and sometimes the, the stuff that you can do. Well, sometimes it is, but you know, the general cosplay experience yeah. is homegrown. Yeah. And what you can do for that now, a lot of people take that a lot further, and a lot of people who do cosplay are actually in costuming and yeah. can do incredible things or learn it or could or, be even if yeah, they're not. Or could yeah. be, you know. I mean, my niece is now into that and right and doing an exceptional. Well, she just accepted her first job uh, in the industry, Good so uh, it's really cool. And she does that kind of thing. So you can do this, and it's it's cool, and it's cool to see, and it's it comes from a passion that I think is often misunderstood. Which is cool, and it would be cool to see a series that illustrated that. Yeah, I, agree. I hope. I hope. I think do. it will. Yeah, uh,
1: the, the Geek and Sundry shows. Um, uh, obviously, uh, the one that we've been talking about all over, uh, written by a kid.
0: Oh my god, that was funny. hilarious! They showed the first episode. Yeah, it
1: premiered uh, this past Wednesday, and uh, just awesome premise where they get kids, you know, like uh, who, who have created their own stories. And the the one, the first one that they showed us was this kid who was he looked like he was about maybe I don't know seven or something and he had written the story called uh what was it smash do you remember it
0: crap i don't remember
1: monster smash or or, or something yeah. like that but anyway um, it came
0: out it's out now yeah, As of it's, last Wednesday, exactly it it's out. out
1: um and there are these two guys who run the show and they're sitting in this room just interviewing this kid about his asking him about his story and asking him to tell it and then it cuts back to these like you described this really well, Chuck. How did oh they- yeah?
0: So so they have the kid tell the story, and you can picture them sitting there, and the kid's like swinging his legs in the chair, and he's like, "There's a monster, and the monster attacks the city," and and then they are like, "So is the monster like? What does he look like?" And I'm like, "Well, he has two. No, he has one eyes, and then whatever." And they keep changing it and yeah you like, see you, it like you see
1: the monster and they've they've created it with like this really really well done yeah but you know obviously kind of childlike but but still professionally done artwork and you see this like purple monster or whatever and he's like oh and he's green and then the purple mo- they, you cut back and the purple monster like goes ding and it's green all of a sudden nice. and then and there are
0: little in jokes like like he's like and then the squat team shows up so, they and all they're, like, so they're like, really they're like a squat all these team? Guys. like,
1: yeah, squat team.
0: And so they're all they're all like squatting down the whole time, you know, <laughs> the whole time they move and fight. They're all squatting down from then on out. Nice. Full. They, they uh, move
1: like crabs walking, you know.
0: <laughs> full of cameos. Uh, I mean, Joss, Joss Whedon is, is one in of it.
1: the the squat team guys. Like they paced <laughs> his face over the top yeah, of it. Yeah, you know.
0: Body. Wow, it was awesome. I mean, it's just it, it's it's both fun and funny. And respectful of the kid and the creativity involved and the whole thing just has this positive, awesome feel to it. And
1: Yeah, that's the cool part, I think, like you, you said, is that it's respectful of the kids' stories. It's sort of like kids have really cool imaginative stories. And why not take them and then, you know... At tra- face value. Yes. Yeah, at face value. And, and then, yeah. like, translate them into cool art that, you know, is exciting to watch and is fun and so it's not making fun of the kid or anything. It's it's not denigrating the work. It's like it's showing it in a way that adults appreciate.
0: I, I loved it. I will be watching that show. Yeah, it,
1: it was really, really funny. <laughs> I will. Um I have in my notes it says Dark Horse Returning, and I don't know what Those if are
0: it's, the Dark Horse motion comics. Okay. All right, uh, they cool. had a whole kind of season of them and and they're gonna be coming back shortly with more.
1: Sweet. Sweet. Um there's a new show called On the Table. And I'm
2: sorry, I don't remember
1: what that one's about. I think it was something, again, about gaming. Um,
2: there's a bunch of new stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, just a bunch of people sitting on a yeah. table.
1: <laughs> there's, a, there's one called Frontier Geekage. Um, Vaginal Fantasy, which is Felicia Day's um, book club. Like, it's her and two other women that talk about romance novels. Vaginal Fantasy is officially moving to Geek and Sundry. Um, And they're doing these hangouts uh, at 8 p.m. every Tuesday. So I have to check out that. I think it's a Google hangout. Um, There's going to be a show called Penile Code, which is like the guy version of vaginal fantasy. Um, They're doing a monthly writer's hangout. Um, And she said that uh, July 27th, the day of the Olympics opening ceremony, is also the fifth anniversary of the guild. Uh, season six is more guild coming, by the way. Yep, yeah, more guild coming. Season six is on its way, and she said that they will definitely be doing um, more guild music videos next season. Yeah.
0: Nice. So hey, uh, we should really wrap up because uh, yeah, oh my goodness, along, there's so much. But yeah. and there's obviously things you could talk about absolutely forever. I did want to go ahead uh, as we wrap up and announce our next arc. Woo-hoo. which is starting next week, and it's a B-movie arc. We're going to have some fun watching some movies. We that need you
1: to have it say that with like a bunch of reverb. <laughs> B-movie. I'm a little
0: lazy because I, yeah. I don't have much production time, and i got a lot to do know, today, so it's not going to happen. But I, I do I do want to let everybody know that uh, the first one is going to be the movie Trancers. And uh, Sean was describing this to me as we were picking the movies for this, and uh let me just say I, I think this is enough. <laughs> he had me at Scooter Chase.
2: Yeah, there's uh so. yeah, it's one of Helen Hunt's earlier movies. Uh it may even be your first one. I I was looking up uh the it's it's a time loop type thing and a, a uh it, the original date was uh nineteen eighty five and it was well, it was it was pretty terrible.
0: <laughs> enough said. Yeah, but We're going to have a scooter have chase. Time. Well, <laughs> it
1: was a Just stop scooter chase. Scooter
0: chase is enough, I think, to sell anyone. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have fun with it. So, if you get a chance, check out Tracers. Transers. Trancers. 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 Yeah. Sorry, yeah, nineteen eighty-five.
1: My bad. 1985. My bad. With Tim Thomerson? It's important to know. (laughs) And
0: uh, 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 on uh, August 4th, we're recording the next one will be Total Recall. And then after that will be Judge Dredd. Now...
3: And these are the originals. Yeah, the yeah. I Am
0: The Law version. Absolutely. Yeah, ironically, I was going to say, these actually line up with the release of remakes of both of them.
3: Woo-hoo!
0: So uh, no spoilers, though. We're showing the old. We're watching the old <laughs> ones. You can watch the new ones in the theater, and it'll be fun, I think. so. Hell yeah, it will. Uh,
1: I'm, I'm trying to find out real fast if that was Helen Hunt. It was not Helen Hunt's first movie.
0: No. It, it oh, my was.
1: God. <laughs> she was in Swiss Family Robinson. <laughs>
0: Yeah. yeah. All right. Anyway, <laughs> time to wrap up. <laughs> you got anything to add here at the very end?
1: No, just um I will look up the names of the small press people that I talk to and uh and yes. get that online so Sounds so great. that we can share that information. But uh but thanks for uh tuning in to hear about the con experience and uh you've got to watch these geek and sundry shows and, and nerdist. It's it's awesome. It's TV made for geeks, made for us.
10: Ja.
3: Yeah.
2: John. Oh. Ja. Uh. Well. Th- th- thanks for hanging with us through uh, the Comic Con stuff. And uh. I my life is consumed right now with Dragon's Dogma. Uh. I have basically stopped all other gaming uh, to play it, and it is awesome. So uh, if you're in the market for dragon uh, role playing,
0: awesome.
2: <laughs> Thank Uh. Thanks for all the uh, other comments and everything like that. Especially people who said nice things. That's that's a rarity for us
0: actually I actually want to that's very much what I wanted to say and I you said it well I I think uh, love to hear anything of course but you know in the last couple weeks uh, we I've gotten a few nice comments and things from people and it just really kind of made made my day I mean you know you're you're used to the stream like I am a blue big believer and if people aren't complaining nobody's listening you know yeah so it's a good thing but uh but it can get you down sometimes and and hearing from some of you about what you did like really cool means a lot uh thanks so much and uh we'll see you next week on behalf of everyone here at gwc thanks for listening and thanks to all who make GWC possible including producers Soleil forum moderators Badgerspoon, Pike and Frack and Talos, GWC book club maven Casilda and tech guru Juan Drew remember if you'd like to share your opinions with the GWC crew and listeners you can call us anytime at 214-296-9229 extension 701 you can also contact us via galacticwatercooler.com our website and blog but you should really spend some time over on the GWC forum GWCers really are the friendliest people on sci-fi we're always re-watching a group reading something fun you might even find a GWC Meetup somewhere near you GWC is funded by advertising and by listeners like you For information on how you can donate visit galacticwatercore.com/ support finally special thanks to Ferris and his friends encoder and Jim Minadeo for GWC's sweet theme music For more encoder visit them at myspace.com/encoder